people who have Orinthian knowledge, uh, Corinthian college in Paris came into both of these completely kind of empty and devoid of. <laughs> to the left, I see a very important memory. <laughs> to the right, I see the priest farting. My <laughs> mate, I was a girl the first time when I was seven. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast for Everyone's Gone to the Rapture and The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. <laughs> With me today is myself, me, Nate Stevens, Matt Sasu, Will Atkinson, Alberto Regel Malfavon. We begin today with a question. Where would you like to be in the event of a rapture? Of course, Craig Schumann and staying behind while everyone else is abducted. Also known as, where would you like to be alone for the rest of your life? Alberto, I want to start with you because you look like you have something to say. I don't really. Oh, um, better hurry. <laughs> Pressure's on, man. Honestly, like, this is all just by what I've seen in a movie for it. I, I've, it's my, like, If Hollywood's one, taught me anything. No, it's, it's my number one <laughs> setting that I've always wanted to visit, so I'm kind of going to go with that. New Zealand, actually. I've seen that, I've some seen very Lord beautiful the landscapes there, and so, at least, again, through movies. Cool. How about you, Will? For me, place is kind of irrelevant, but I came up with a kind of cheat answer, and I thought, actually, it might be kind of interesting. I would like to be on the internet for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I was like, what would the internet be without people? Dude, it'd be Ooh. reboot. Oh, oh my God. It'd be yeah. so happy to collect you. It would be really <laughs> weird. Yeah. That's that's a good answer. So yeah, like reboot style, right? That was such a good show. I, I mean, such a good know. bad show. Yeah, I okay, say. there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Like, whatever the internet is now is just that for the rest of forever. <laughs> this would be weird. Yeah, that's yeah. what Al Gore intended all along. It's that and what you can never put it into. You what can manipulate it, it without the Phrasing. effect of anyone else touching it. <laughs> Phrase. Manipulate <laughs> without anyone else touching it. Yes. This applies to many things. It does. It certainly does. Story of my life. Like, where would you want to be? <laughs> forever. This was basically your question right <laughs> yeah it was it, it was my question yes he formed from an idea that i had no answer to what okay which oh. makes it 10 times worse um now if i were gonna pick somewhere that i would want to be for the rest of my life it would probably be somewhere like san diego California. Isn't that because of the people, though? Like, isn't that the appeal of it? No, or? so the appeal, actually, is the mix of being able to look at the vastness of the ocean, which constantly kind of keeping your ego in check, but then also having the hills behind you, not mountains, as I see right now, but at least kind of a variation of the Earth to kind of hone you, and I think having the variations on either side of you would help focus you. I don't know. I, I, there's an interesting piece to that that I find. I think that would just kind of be mindful to your soul. How about you, Matt? Tahiti. Well, that's ironic. Drop. I'll be there nice. Wednesday. All the way. Oh, yeah, he'll done. be there on Wednesday. <laughs> done. Sorry, what? <laughs> he'll be there on Wednesday. <laughs> what? Hold up. <laughs> you... <laughs> Craig. Craig. <laughs> Double tropical sorry, vacation what? for the man that's only been to Canada. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are going to Tahiti on Wednesday? <laughs> Yeah, I fly to Tahiti on Tuesday. On Tuesday. I fly what are you doing in Tahiti for? What aren't what? you doing in Tahiti? Question, answer, everything. <laughs> Wild card. All right. Um, we did not talk about this prior to my answering the question. Yeah, that, that I just went amazing. for no, the we did most not. tropical. Like, tropical paradise is kind of my go-to for these things. That, I think, would be the best place to spend eternity. Of tropical so. paradises, I think the Maldives is... 
Actually, you I might think the Maldives be right. is a superior well, actually, answer. <laughs> Based hey, on my you know research. what? I, I, I'm not going to judge my tropical paradises. I think that they're all equally paradiso. So there we go. So you just pick the one that I happen I to be at. I mean, apparently so, because I was just like, well, if if just so happens that Craig is as big a heathen as I am, and he happens to be left behind, there we go. Craig Boom. will be in Tahiti with me. Boom. So. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. It. I will join you on the island of the main island of Tahiti, and then we can go across to Morea, and we can go around the different islands that take up French Polynesia. I like this idea. On a raft, Matt. Awesome. I will join you in the rapture. All right. What the fantastic? Not, well, what not that means <laughs> you will. You will. You will join me in not participating in the rapture. In that case, exactly. I want to be right here with you guys. I was. Aww. I was going to say. Right. <laughs> Spoiler. I was going to say I wanted to be in Will's arms. <laughs> So, Nate, where do you want to I be? I got a couple answers, and I was going to go for the abstract, but Will kind of stole that, because I was going to say, in the you mind like, of my best friend. <laughs> that's a terrible a idea. sort of abstract ending. So, you've seen Inside Out. No? Nobody's not, seen Inside Out? I really want to. No. Oh, well, this is awkward. All right, Could you literally just give us spoilers? spoilers? I've seen the Inside Man. Uh, wasn't about wasn't about her. <laughs> inside Man is different. That's yeah. That's and a then very there's also several different. pornos that are different. <laughs> oh my right. God! Come Bring on, back, guys. Bring wasn't back. referencing right. the porno. The real answer is Inside Paradise City, but I used that in a podcast recently, and I can't say that. Well, yeah, you can go for it. Wait, no, the Guns and Roses. It's just not song? very creative. Yeah, no, what? No, no. The it's game the based around the Guns and Roses song. <laughs> what? Wait, Burnout so City? Burnout Paradise? Colorado? Yeah. Oh, okay. That'd be a great place to, because it's already like raptureful. There's not a human there. Wait, wasn't that, that in Colorado? That's true. No, it was uh, on the water. There's no water in Colorado. What's I mean, the, it's not California. What was the recent game in Colorado? There is water in Colorado. Horizon. Or the Horizon. Oh. Yeah, that, no there also is a bay in I also Paradise. That. So you fucked up. <laughs> it was in Florida, wasn't it? Burnout Paradise. Yeah. No, it's in Paradise. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> this is a good talk. So to begin today, today. this podcast is going to spoil everything about these two games, from mechanics to plot. Yes. So beware that if there's anything that you're interested in having any suspense for on either of these games, definitely play them first and then come back and listen. We're kind of going to talk about what happens and why stuff happens and so forth. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Clearly the more interesting game. Oh, that's a great what? summary. You really nailed what? down your points Whoa. there. Yep. Tell us more. Or do you want to wait I, until the relevant sections? Are you trolling? I will wait until the relevant sections to defend my point against this onslaught of hate that I already <laughs> no, feel man, building I'm totally in the room. Oh, I will bring an onslaught. I think you're just <laughs> discovering your love of the walking simulator genre, and I'm totally behind that. I, I felt that everybody's gone to the rapture propelled you through the story in a better way than first off the running mechanic and everybody's gone to the rapture <laughs> sucked i didn't know the mechanics i think i meant the story i feel that the story was more interesting and the characters helped propel me through the actual game more That's than the man anything harder i was more I interested in what was happening within the world than i was with anything harder the thing that i would say to that I kind of agree with you in a way because there's not really any interesting characters in Ethan Carter. They're just a bunch of assholes that hate a little kid who's writing a book that with not very good stories. That's kind of my perspective. I don't know. I think that I would be more willing to recommend Ethan Carter just because there's a little bit more going on game-wise. But I think that in terms of if you're equally ready for both games, I do think that I liked The Rapture a little bit more. Craig, when did you play so, Ethan Carter? played Ethan Carter over two stints over the past month and I played Rapture within two days 
the last. So two let's days. talk about plot. Which game do we want to talk about first? I'm plot. Can I start with my what I think happened with yeah. that one? And oh, then, this is a great segment. And then Matt, you can do the, the, the actual. If we had an in-house music composer, we'd need a theme song because this is everyone's favorite. Will guess is what the fuck just happened in an abstract indie game. Go for it, Will. <laughs> There's the uh, observatory. Some chick goes crazy in the observatory. A guy goes crazy outside the observatory. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> fucking everybody else. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. talks a bunch of people into gassing everybody. You play as an alien visitor to Earth, and you accidentally kill the entire civilization on Earth, and then whoops. And I think that was about the game. Yeah, my bad. Well, well, wait, I want one more okay. thing. How would you describe the ending? See, en- the last part that we saw was the first thing that happened in the game, which is oh. that the yeah. crazy chick in the observatory invited the, the alien visitor and merged with it to become, in fact, started infecting the rest of the... All right, that is an excellent attempted summary. <laughs> Matthew is our resident right, so what, encyclopedia. What the hell happened? What game? did happen? All right. Let me break it down for you guys. There's a couple, Kate and Stephen. Stephen is from a small town in England. Kate is American. They are both astrophysicists, kind of big city people, ambitious people. You get a sense for their characters as you explore the town. They move to the small town in England where they have this observatory. Can I cut it in with a question? Yes. Kate. Yes. Is she black? I... I don't. Or just American. I definitely. <laughs> I. Well, okay. Um, given given that sure. we never actually see Kate, and we only that was a hear. Those on Americans. Um, what? I, I, I don't. I don't think racist. so. She might yeah, be. Yeah, that really I, I got no. I got no inclination point, that honorary old woman ornery. who is either racist or whatever the national nationalist. So that's There's Steven's a throwaway mother, word right? where she says something and she mentions, she's like, it's not about the skin color. And then oh. she kind of continues on talking about it. Yeah. I so there's, there's a throwaway line. <laughs> that oh, you're could right. Hint oh, wow. That. So she's a black lady. I, I suppose, oh. yeah. She, she could be Asian or not Mexican white. or yeah, any no, other right. skin color tone other than or white. fucking American. So to <laughs> add some clarifying Damn points here, pot. we never actually see any of the people that's discussed in the game ever they are all represented by abstract spirit lights right so we never see which is what gorgeous they like, but but you are right they yeah. did have the throwaway comment in which the old cranky woman was basically complaining that her son steven was with this woman kate from america this but the points that she brings up are much more about ambition and being an intellectual and not wanting to settle down a small town raise a family these sorts of things were things that were causing her despair you have these two, they come to the observatory, Kate, and actually it's discussed, Stephen makes this initial discovery, something in the sky, something to do with radio telescopes, radio observations. They're not entirely clear, but they effectively make contact with this creature that isn't physically manifested. They seem to be communicating with it through the observatory, looking up at the sky somehow. It's not entirely clearly discussed, but they're trying to... They, they end up having two different perspectives on the matter. Stephen initially finds it. Kate sort of views this as intelligent, as an intelligent creature of some kind. She tries to communicate with it, wants to bring interaction with it. Stephen is not okay with this. And the reason being that as this creature manifests more and more on the planet, they can talk about how it got out into the town and how it's infecting people. And when it does this, it's 
draining their life force in some capacity. It kills all the birds, it kills the cows, and then it starts killing people. You'll start bleeding from the eyes or whatever. <laughs> we, we don't think it's intentionally killing people. No, no, no. There's, there's not a, there's not... There's not an implication of uh, malice, certainly, and uh, but but people start dying, it's kind of like manslaughtering everybody. So you'll start bleeding, you'll start to get these headaches, you'll you're, you'll start getting brain hemorrhages, and then you'll disappear into white lights. They go into quite a bit of science, much more than they would need to in what is effectively an abstract story. Certainly, they have the undercurrent of science. Kate is definitely an aggressive scientist type character, but I never felt like they really discussed. I was like, the closest they got was, I remember one of the doctors mentioned, kind of quoted what he had said and said that it was in the blood clots, he could see what looked like liquid light. And that was yes, yes. kind of the way, best way he could describe it. And he said he couldn't explain the phenomenon, obviously. I was expecting a much more abstract story. And to hear them even mention about looking at anything under a microscope was, I felt, more scientific than I expected. They definitely took some time to try to figure out what was going yeah. on. So they quarantine the town when they see that this is happening. They try. They think that it's whatever the contagion is, whatever this thing it's is. Transferring it's by people. Transferring yeah. through people through direct contact. But then they realize, oh, people who are isolated from everyone else are still getting infected. And they think, oh, it's through the telephone lines, which makes sense. If it's some kind of electromagnetic creature, it could go through electrical wires or something of that sort. They quarantine the town, but it's still spreading. And they discuss how things are getting really out of hand. And Stephen convinces someone on the outside to order an airstrike of nerve gas on the town, kill everyone one kill all the hosts and hopefully stop this thing before it spreads across the planet we don't really get so that does happen we actually have strike happens yeah yeah. strike happens we get several flashbacks of where we can see the uh spiritual trails of jets right it's not the actual jets but these contra uh, these contrails in the i was always assuming that was the actual gas not the well, no. So Wait, you actually find you actually find well, you actually see cluster. You actually see bombs. You can see bombs around the town if you look for them. They're impacted in different areas. They look they're like small. Little, they're really they look small. Like little RPG heads. They're like a foot long, and they killed everyone. Stephen discusses how after he did this, he was alive because he was hiding underground at a power in an underground bunker at one of the power stations. He's there. It's about we we encounter this memory about three hours after the airstrike had happened. He can't communicate with anyone. He can't communicate with Kate. He decides he's going to kill himself. There's some discussion on his part about how we can kind of see that you can in fact communicate with this creature, and that it wasn't intentional. That it wasn't trying to harm anyone in the town. That this was all a very inadvertent sort of thing. But that it has, in fact, killed everyone, and he wasn't going to be part of it anymore, so he opts for suicide, and he pours a bunch of gasoline around. I think out of out of guilt for having his friend nerve gas the town, right? Yeah. I think there was a, yeah, I think yeah. that was the main crux of it, because he was just like, I've made a terrible mistake here. I think his belief was that it was just trying to communicate, or Kate's belief was that it was trying to find a way to communicate, and that's why he kept transferring between either people or the birds or the telephone lines, trying to figure out a way to pass its message or be able to communicate with humans, right? Yes, I believe so. May have also just been trying to manifest on Earth since it was discussed that there wasn't enough power in the in the six towers that exist at the observatory. There wasn't enough power to transmit it down was kind of how they were discussing this. Yeah, they like turned more satellites 
onto the specific point in the sky, right? They turned all the towers to that point in the sky to align. It was or like, Juju, I I'm, think. I am not sure how that would work precisely, but it's all right. Well, I think even Kate mentioned that she doesn't understand how physics would work at this point. Oh, so, yeah, she's just well beyond her understanding. It was, yeah, she's probably understanding. And she's a PhD astrophysicist, I'm pretty sure, to be the sole researcher at this high level observatory. So, yeah, it's well beyond our understanding, but that's all right. What's the guy's name? Steven. Think he actually killed himself or was just going to kill himself? Oh, yeah, he did. No, he yes, killed himself. Um, himself so on fire. Because yeah. his last line is seeing the light and seeing her in the light and merging with the light. He and then he kill himself. And then he oh. drops the match and everything lights on fire. And Kate talks about it. Kate talks about how he saw his final expression in his last moment. As he got enveloped by the light. Yeah, as she, as she says, he got enveloped by the fire. Yes, because, as yeah. she as she went into the flame, and then she said, "I had to stay back. I knew I was not ready to join him yet." Oh yeah, he lights himself on fire. That is absolutely how he goes. So she was there too. Uh, she was there. She was as in the part light already. A, yeah, she was part of this creature at that point. They had yeah. sort of merged already, and so, that, and that's when. And so when you get his memory that he has died, and Kate was there. That's part of the memory, because he's like, "Kate, is that you?" Drops the match goes up in flames yeah so so much of that doesn't make any sense to me i i don't i don't know what to tell you i i watched it all happen why it was as obvious to me as watching a okay, tv show so like motivation why would you kill yourself five minutes before you're about to die what are you talking about he wasn't about to die he everybody got in there. everybody died he didn't. The entire planet died. But he didn't yeah, why die. Didn't he he die? was in a bunker because he avoided the nerve agent. Well, and surely the light was on there the coming for him. Right, and he didn't want to be a part of it. He had killed everyone in the town, but he. this had all happened. A lot of people had died, disappeared. They weren't sure. They disappeared, more to the point. And I just killed he, six people he, right before six billion people died. Like, what kind well, of motivation is that? Well, he says he's not able to make contact with anyone, including Kate. That doesn't necessarily mean that the entire planet died. Also, this was only three hours following the airstrike. I think he was just in a state of despair at that point. Yeah, that's why I was like, I I, I they never mentioned the anything specific to outside of this area of people dying. They never mention that it's a worldwide apocalypse either. I mean, they mention they're, that they're uh, trying to stop the spread. They're, they, they're concerned about it. And actually, part of the stuff around the science of when she's talking about how the thing is brought to Earth, she talks about how it's like this mistake and the only way that this culture can live in a galactic culture is by by doing this crazy shit with gravity and and energy and it and she's like like her whole spiel about well basically that means you can only live for a day but how would you want to live for a day right that yeah. that is her saying that Yes, we've joined the galactic culture, but as a result of doing that, everybody, we, we don't get to exist this way anymore. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a strong extrapolation of her words. I never, I was going to say, I just, I never thought, and the entire purpose of Stephen calling in the airstrike and the quarantine of the village they're in is to stop it from escaping it and moving on to the rest of the world right like i mean their entire purpose yeah. of cutting the power lines of cutting not the power lines the uh the phone, phone lines. lines is to make sure that it can't escape this area that it's in precisely i but all of that's because they don't know what they're dealing with and yeah and it's it doesn't killing help them. so that is the plot yes of 
of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. The game plays as a walking simulator. You walk around. You can also run if you care to run two billionths of a mile per hour faster than the normal speed. It's really negligible. It's like six times faster. I actually think so. Six times faster than nothing. Yeah. So um, I never got it to work, I don't think. I don't really... It, I found it barely noticeable. It, it does work. You have to hold R2 for like a period of time. Right. Yeah. Basically, what it was slowly ramps up the speed in which you walk. And also, it did depend on where you were at. There are certain areas in the game where you couldn't go faster than the game would let you as well. There are certain right. indoor environments that I found that to be yes, true. Until the last couple of weeks of development, it was built into the game as just an auto function for when you push the stick forward. If you do it long enough, eventually you just start walking faster. Right. But they decided they wanted to give players like control over when that happens, so they just changed that same exact function to R2, and it's not really instructed anywhere in the game. Even if you go to the controls, it doesn't show that there's a sprint button, right. which is one of the kind of the biggest criticism that was kind of lobbed at this game Funny, it's like, the, the podcast i was hearing they described it differently sense. that that the developers were saying no you're supposed to walk this is the, the the game the speed that this game's designed at and then the qa people were like we can't test the game like this you need to give us some way to be you know it, it's gotta go fast i can't it can't take me an hour and a half to get to each place to re- revalidate a bug i mean this is not yeah definitely yeah. Right? yeah so it sounds like I'm not sure which one of those is correct. It's uh, they both seem pretty pretty plausible. Yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, yeah, I think early it in did. development there was no sprint, and then it was added as like a what I was talking about. But either way, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. It's like a maybe three both stage. of these go together. Yeah. yeah, you can interact with limited objects in the game. You can like turn on radios. You can open some doors. That's kind of the extent of interactivity. Yeah, so you just wander around looking for these spiritual clues to kind of piece together the puzzle that Matt just described. So I think it was Austin from the, the Beast Giant Cast. Beast Cast sure. who was saying that game design in particular is counter to what they're trying to do with this game. This game is supposed to be all about exploring. And you like might walk up to a field and be like, oh, hey, look, there's yes. something at the other end of that field. But it's not worth my time to go investigate exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Even if I know that I am going to get something, I don't want to spend the next five minutes walking back. That's an interesting discussion. Our next game, on the other hand, is The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. And that one, I'll talk about mechanics first, and then we'll jump right into the plot. This is a supernatural murder mystery investigation story where you wander around a sort of, I guess, like Appalachian mountain small town community as Paul Prospero, whose name is, of course, from The Tempest by Shakespeare. Didn't catch him. Yeah. I had to read that on the internet. Well played. Thank you. Uh, This story is based loosely on the occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose... Say, Don't know how to pronounce other language words. Perfect. It is one of the earliest examples of odd fiction. It's a stream of consciousness American. novel in which a man is being hanged. And at the moment the noose is released, he reminisces mm. on his life. And then it jumps back into reality. And he says he escapes and runs away. And then at the end, the twist ending is that he didn't actually run away. That was all a fantasy. He actually just died. And it was the last few moments of his life. So according to the developers, the astronauts, that was one of the main inspirations for this game, which is in itself kind of a spoiler. With all that in mind... You kind of play the game by wandering around to different locations and sort of assembling clues of like murder mysteries that are set out in the world, like the remains of an event. And you kind of try to reassemble what things would have been close to like before the event. And then you use your sort of supernatural spiritual sense to kind of tap into the event and replay in your head what happened. Trying to pick the correct order of events. Yeah, and kind of synthesizing these experiences and kind of living back through the lives, through the ultimately final moments of the young Ethan Carter. 
So the story of uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. You are Paul Prospero. You're investigating the disappearance of Ethan Carter. So it is said right at the start of the game, you are walking down a train tunnel into the Red River Valley, Uh I believe is it. And that's your setting for the game. You got a letter from Ethan Carter talking about a evil spirit that is haunting the valley and corrupting your family went because the letter discussed things uh, very dark in nature that were very disturbing to Paul despite his years of experience so he goes and you find bodies you put together the clues of the scene what happened there and you basically put together that this is Hickland, basically. You have one family that's been living out here on their own for a long time and they've kind of degenerated into well, he says it himself, actually, the worst versions of themselves. It's a rundown area. There are abandoned buildings all over the place. The family itself is an uh, incredibly dysfunctional wreck. They brew moonshine, rather abusive towards one another. It's, it's, it's a kind, kind of a mess. Ethan Carter writes these different stories. He leaves them around. In just sort of wandering around exploring the valley, he discovers a room in the old Van Griff. Vandegrift. Vandegrift, thank you. Mansion. So he goes into a room in this mansion and wakes up the sleeper, which is this dark entity. They don't get into too much detail about what it is precisely. It's a demon, effectively. It's Voldemort. Yeah, that's that's close enough. So, completely off topic. (laughs) That seems good. Helps people understand what we're dealing with. So, evil, dark spirit here is... They discuss not actually woken up, but it starts to creep into the minds of the older family members, except for the grandfather who is protected by his dead wife. All the other family members, however, are trying to kill Ethan Carter. These are the moments that you encounter through the storyline. The first body that you encounter was his older brother, who was trying to kill him. Yes, he was trying to run him over by a train. Grandpa intervenes and runs him over, cuts his legs off, and then bashes his head in with a rock. Grandpa, Grandpa does not mess around. No. Yeah. No. Next person you find was attempt, and I'm be honest, I'm a little unclear who was the brother, who was the uncle. They all kind of look the same to me, so... I believe it was the brother who tried to tie him to the train tracks and run him over. I think it was the uncle who was attempting to brick him up in the mausoleum and suffocate him, effectively. And what happens there is Ethan's father and mother intervene. The father does not want to kill Ethan either, but the mother does. They have sort of a fight between the three of them, and the uncle gets stabbed in the back by the mother while he's attacking the father. Ethan ends up getting out of there following that and going into the mines to escape once more. Wherein the father then has to kill the mother, who is very insistent on going after Ethan. I was a little unclear on that part. Who's the crazy one in that scenario? There are several crazy people, certainly. It sounded to me like the mom was... So the mom was basically like, we have to rescue Ethan. He's the only one that's crazy. And the dad was like, I'm going to drown you now. Or was no, 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 the, mom, the, the mom, want, mom wanted to kill Ethan. Mom okay. wanted to okay. sacrifice that's, that's, Ethan. That makes sense. And the dad was like, you've lost your marbles. Like, okay. this has gone too far. I wasn't far. sure who I could trust when they told someone else that they had lost their marbles in this game. I was like, um, he might also be insane. To be fair, I think some of the interesting also is as you're going through a lot of these stories, I don't think you truly understand who the participants are until later in the game as well. You don't know that's Ethan's brother right in the beginning when he gets his legs cut off or when you're going through that scenario, right? Right. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it because of something that's said later, I think the brother may have been killed elsewhere. 
No, you were right. Yeah, it's uh, that's where he's killed. Anyway, Tyrus. third person, father kills the mother by trapping her in a mine elevator and then put lowering her into the water so she drowns. What a terrible way to go. The father is then killed by, I believe, his brother. No. Hey, which the father looked identical to Ethan Mars. Somebody yeah. else notice that? Yeah. Ethan Mars. I, got you. I don't know. Oh, heavy rain. Of course, he's the only <laughs> person to get that. Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> the rain. father kills himself. The father does kill himself. Right in the Right. Neck. No, I'm sorry. You're right. So the father is cornered by. He's yeah, cornered I think, by Travis. Yeah, I think he's cornered by his son. Yeah, yeah his by His son, Travis. who is really heavily corrupted at that point. Yeah. And uh, it's discussed how the father is a weak individual, doesn't have a lot of willpower. And, well, well, he ends up killing his wife and then himself by stabbing himself in the neck with a pair of scissors. So he didn't want to contribute to the sleeper's strength. Precisely. Well, that that also, is what they say. He also didn't. Well, he says that he's going to save his son either from himself or something. But I, I partly think that he did that because he didn't want his son to kill his own father. Right. So he kills himself. I didn't get any of that of the story. Maybe I think it's he, in there. I think it's explicitly said that he didn't want to contribute to the sleeper's strength. And then it's also said that, but he was wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. they described the sleeper as a... Uh, it got stronger anyway. Bullfrog sitting there digesting all of the suffering that was going on. Oh, yeah. Once you find the father, he's dead. You move along, you finally get to the Van de Griff mansion. And you find Grandpa burned to a crisp in the basement. You have to open a trap door password is corvus i am not sure why, why the password the fuck was the password just there um, yeah that's a great question I, too i remember yeah oh, what, what was it? did anyone know that password without looking it up somewhere yes else? It just he, said it, he said it right before it but what was there was a on my that screen said, it just flashed corvus question mark and i was like no they there was okay. there was, okay. I, there I was an audio it. log that came up about yeah, it yeah there was I, orangey gold things it just like put it right in front of my face right in front of the puzzle it's a some corvus spirit whispered like, in my ear that's fuck? weird okay. yeah i did not get no, that I, at all i didn't even i had a long time just trying to find that next puzzle when we go downstairs in the corvus gate so we get downstairs we see grandpa sitting there this is the easiest one to solve. You can go right into putting the chronology of what happened. You don't have to reset any of the clues. You don't have to set up anything in the scene. Go right into it. You see that Ethan has put together that the sleeper needs suffering, needs torture, basically. So in this basement, you will also see around you there are six wall panels that come out of uh, Van de Griff, And he has definitely, in, in the past, he had tortured people to feed the sleeper. That was how the sleeper awoke in the past when it went to its non-hibernation mode. Not really discussed what it would do precisely, as far as what the creature's motivations were. They talk about how they need to get further down to the basements. Grandpa opens the door to further on, traps Ethan in there, and then Grandpa says, I'm sorry, Ethan, is the only way. The sleeper must not wake up. And then the whole thing goes up in smoke. The idea being, if everyone is dead and no one's there to be tortured, no one's there to wake up the sleeper. That the sleeper's in fact that big of a problem. So we get in there, you find a vision of Ethan. He's asleep in there on one of the... Oh, that's Ethan. It's not a vision, that's Ethan. He's there, he's dead. No, you don't, there's no body there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> no, there's not. You go in there, it's blue vision mode. It, it's, it's like when you go to solve he's one of these... He's in color, he's there, he's laying there. No, he's in blue. Once it goes into color, he disappears. I guarantee you he's there I, in color. I equally guarantee he's not there in color. There's no body there. That's the whole point of the story, because the next thing... No. Yes. Sit, you got I it will, all wrong. No, I'm... Here's how this story ends. 
In addition to the murders, Ethan has left five stories around that are just things he has written. No, hold on. Hold on. Get to the fucking end. You st- <laughs> You go in there, and then you get to the actual ending, where there is no Paul Prospero. It was just a story that Ethan wrote, and his brother's annoyed with him because he's late for dinner. His family's annoyed with him because they had to go look for him again, and he's in the basement of this mansion. The mansion's not burned down. None of this stuff actually happened. Everyone is alive and fine. And so then, at the very end there... Mom, I think, drops a lantern. She lights the whole house on fire. Ethan gets trapped in the basement, and he suffocates to death. So, yes, he does die at that very end. But there's no Paul Prospero. That's how this whole game ends. They can't rescue him from the fire, and he suffocates. Right. Yeah. But you find Paul Prospero. The player finds his body there. Right, but after, like, mm. not at the point where you go into the tomb first. Or the, the tomb. <laughs> Because when you go there, you're like, oh, my God, I'm waking him up. And he's like, oh, hey, there you are. You're here. Right. But, well, he's but like, all is this that is like in that minute of, you know, but as the, he's but, dying. Well, then, no, then. But then Paul says, this is the sorry, exactly kid. the same story late. that he was late. Exactly. And there's no this actual is the same story. No he Paul just Prospero said with either. the with the hangman, everything that Paul was happening is in that split second as he's dying. This is his flash of before death. He is about to lean over and pass out. And so when Paul comes in and is like, hey, kid, I'm so sorry, it's because he really is dying. He's about to fall over and be dead. It's the same story he just relayed. That is what the developers said. That does give some credence. All right. I can see that. So how does that change the story Matt delivered? So when I give a lot of this story a pass because of that, because I'm like, because it doesn't have to be real, because it's all in a dying man's like moments. A a dying ten year old's imagination too. There are some serious plot holes here, certainly. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is a kid telling a story, so you're going to get the big epic general ideas, but details he he hasn't really thought about, and so they don't come across as finely done details in the story. I, I don't know. That felt like a great way to just kind of push away the need for, like, like I, you said, I think to have I, giant plot holes. Like, how the hell sure. did I just get back to Earth when I was in a spaceship two minutes ago? That's eh, all right. Whatever. Well, it, there's well, also the, la- like, for the, the side story. things that come up. Yeah, you, like, experience it, and then you, like, come back to Earth, and then you look at a note. So I, like, if we did interpret it as real life, it would be like reading this story was so immersive I just visualized myself going into space in a spaceship, and then you look away from the story, and you're like, oh, it's real life, and then you see the note lying there. Precisely. That was kind of how I was interpreting it, but you're right. If it is all in his passing moments, those events really could have happened, but you wouldn't really need the metaphor of the note. It's a, the same repeat of his last moments, right? He's, he didn't get to write it down, but I feel like this is the story that he would have told about his angry family, about how they're complete assholes, and they're all fucking dicks, <laughs> because the thing that he heard two seconds before is his uncle going off on some f word and crazy rant yeah like well fuck my entire family and then like this is the story that he would have come up with in that couple of seconds right before and then you know that makes a lot of sense yeah and how prospero was literally coming to his rescue yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense to me i think i misunderstood what you were trying to say right there as far as ethan being dead and whatnot for me it pulls out of the story and then we really get him dying there the exact yeah. The exact quote that led to the Corvus thing. Alberto, do you want to? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so when you show up to the mansion and you find where the, the door is, yeah. there's an audio log. Like after you hit sense, there's an audio log that Ethan says, then fight it. I have to destroy the room. Ed says. So that's the grandfather, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's the grandfather. The character name Ed says. He says, <laughs> Corvus. And there's dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry, Ethan. I can't let you do that. And then right after that happens, like, Corvus shows up, like, a bunch of times. 
Yeah, uh, it's like question mark, question mark, question mark. You've got like a screenshot there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just shows up a bunch of times in front of you. And then it goes away. Goes no up fucking clue why he said that. That's why it was on the screen. Did you not hear the audio what log? The, I, I never, never got that to pop up. You yeah, just, I, I never saw that ever. You just read the quote? I still don't know what the fuck that quote means. Some, What's no, Corvus? It, it doesn't mean anything, but you did hear the just word Corvus. So we just he just thought said to use it. password? So you, oh, you're inquiring about the broader context like, why of Corvus would, and the rest why of the would, game? Well, let's find out. Oh, I'll go back to actually what you said the, about the giant I was trying bottles. to find a forum. I yeah. think that that's actually Good one point. of the like unanswered <laughs> questions is like who is Corvus? And that's this. the one thing from this game. There's a there's plenty of stuff in the other game, but that's the one thing from this game where I'm like, oh, it felt like there was probably a lot more that was supposed to happen here, and they just like shortcutted it and got the game out. So a thought. Hmm. Corvus means raven or crow in Latin, which is indeed in the game's logo. Where, else, does, where else do crows show up in the game? Crows uh, show up in one crow. of the uh, obstacles where you're going yeah. into the tomb. Yeah. It's yeah. that one That's where right. it's up next to the yeah, up to next to the church, and you have to find the crow. Which, Why was... Oh. Yeah, do you have a hard time finding the crow, too? Yelp had a really hard time yeah. finding the crow. Yeah. Yep. Also, yeah. Pissed. The, yeah. I think it, whatever the first one was, I can't remember if it was the crank or the rock. One of those two. The was rock was a pain. Than, yeah. The, yeah. I didn't find that until after I'd actually finished the game and then went back to try and fix some of the puzzles. Didn't the family members make a comment about Paul Prospero? Who's that? Oh, yeah, because he had written it down. He'd written, yeah. down, he'd written down some of the story, I think, and he hadn't finished it. Right. I right. think he'd written down like what we experienced, so like, and right. then, the, then it goes back to real life where his family's okay. small town making fun of him for being gay or something. Then the mansion burns down and he dies. Okay. Yeah, they what pulled no punches to... about using different derogatory terms also. Pejoratives, yeah. yeah. Very Dude, mature just... subject matter. Different terms they use, the language they use, and then kind of the graphics or the way that people die. As oh, well. yeah, they, they would not pull any punches. People die brutally in this I think, one. And I don't know, this, to me, I just, it, it very much felt really intense that they use that term for me because yeah, just because of the fact of what it what that term means and the fact that he just died in a uh house burning that's i was like actually that's, well he hadn't, he hadn't died yet well but he was well, about yeah, to like and they had just used that connotation with that like, term yeah it just oh yeah no, that's true i was just like that's really dark to me the term is faggot by the way they yes. they call him a faggot a number of times right there just in the final like three scene times before one, one person right yeah one just, person, yeah, just one, one person makes reference reason. to this yeah. well, to, to, i mean to the family's slight credit the rest of the family reacts with a degree of exasperation like come on like you know lay off it do we think ethan's gay no i, I don't know I, I mean it. no i think I they just like are acting derogatorily because he lives in his own little world and, and he, has, has and he some, likes to create these stories and yeah he, exactly just, you, you know how people are making fun like, of his imagination come back to the real world you need to work so that's i think <laughs> one of the only scenes that is real in the game there's I, only I two scenes the there's like that scene and then the what? what we see of the rapture bit afterward where everybody's completely stood still and we just see what I the, love the camera pan with. through yeah i love yeah that. i thought the i thought that the uh, the octopus one was real 
No, that's fair. <laughs> so release the Kraken. Release so, the Kraken. Actually, I think that's a great segue. So I think the other thing we get that's real as far as stuff that actually happened is the five stories that you see scattered around. I think those are glimpses into real life. So I think he wrote all of those. I think he wrote them, but I think he wrote them. Well, obviously, yeah. obviously, we play through those little uh, stories just as far as you know, being part of the part of the game. But I think that we actually wrote those, and then we hear his family's various reactions to those. So I think we get one family member's reaction per story because mm-hmm. he wrote one for everyone that's what he says he says it at the end i wrote a story oh. for for everyone so to kind of delve into the mechanics of these games in each game basically what you're doing big picture is wandering around collecting story fragments in everybody's gone to the rapture you wander from part of the british town to other part of the british town collecting these sort of remnants of people and experiencing each of what five people's stories Okay, yeah, six. So, so six people kind of piece together little details of bits of what makes up the mundane aspects of their very British lives. You kind of put these together into a picture of the world in this small town in this world is collapsing sense. In Ethan Carter, it's a little bit more complicated in as much as your gameplay consists of, yes, wandering around collecting story fragments. But sometimes that's by collecting almost like side quest things that are based on stories that Ethan Carter has written. One of those is like an abduction where you put a certain number of signals into something and you go out in space. And these are all based on his stories. And they're just kind of like crazy, almost abstract things. And the other half of the gameplay kind of comes through solving these murder mysteries that take place, kind of like we mentioned earlier. I think specifically to the Ethan Carter murder mystery solving is where one of the main issues that I had with the game is that I didn't know what the hell was going on. The game kind of just throws you into this world. It doesn't explain what's going on. We know that it's a supernatural I guess we were told that it's a murder mystery, but I wasn't aware of exactly how the mechanics were going to work out. I didn't know how to gauge when I was complete solving a mystery. So when I walked up to the train, for instance, I looked at what happened. I started the train. I was able to like move it. I was like, okay, the train ran over this guy, but he got away. Cool. That's what happened. And then I moved right on to the next section because I felt like I understood it. I did the same thing too. I'm, I'm right I there with literally... you. Literally had no idea what the point of the touch mechanic was until like more than halfway yes. through the game. Right. What's interesting to me is I sat in the room with Alberto and without giving him any direction whatsoever other than to turn around in the tunnel, he nailed the thing. He, he started with the traps, which I didn't get until the end of the game. Because I like started this game, I played a few hours of it, I had attempted each of the puzzles and kind of felt like I discovered everything and then kind of left the game and I came back and I looked at the map in down in his like basement and I was like okay I haven't really done anything in this game and at that point I was super confused <laughs> because I'd like I'd yeah. solved the Vandergriff house like puzzle but I hadn't solved everything else and I was like I don't understand what this how to end this I don't understand if I'm done wait a minute you solved uh, the house with the portal yes you saw that's the hardest one yeah I didn't solve that I one. think I that's got, the easiest one because it's just I think it's easiest because you yeah, know you have, that, you have a clear fail state well I mean, yeah you go through the thing and it's red it's like oh I did that bad Yep, and then I have well, this. It yeah, sets but, up very clearly the input. But that that, when that it you know so much more memory, like I, I, I concentration on like what you messed up or what you didn't versus just finding stuff. Yeah, well, you're right. I think that's what it allows you to also come, you're able to iterate very quickly on your mistakes. I so suppose. you know you went through the wrong thing. You're like, all right, well I'm not going to do that. I can remember that I went through this wrong one and fix it the next time. As opposed to, there's a crank missing. Oh, it's. 700 yards away down on the side of a cliff next to a rock. You're right. 
Alberto, you're right. We're just dumb. We clearly <laughs> fall into the minority of players that didn't quite get what they were going for. Right. But the interesting thing about it is there's no way to catch the players that don't get it. There's nothing that keeps you from moving on. Like, for me personally, I did the trap things, didn't quite know what the fuck I was doing, but I got them all, and then yeah, I, I totally too. missed the train, and then what? it wasn't until the scissors that I figured out what the fuck I was doing, and then once I figured out the scissors, I went back and did the train, and did and I'm went back so and did the mirrors. So, so I missed the traps, but, but the traps worked for Alberto as a really good introduction to the sense mechanic, because he was like, oh, there's not all of it. He found another trap, and The one piece more. that I wanted to bring up is that I was following, because I was having, or because... The first trophy I got was the hardest trophy. Well, I'm sorry, second hardest trophy. The, the first thing I did in this game was turn around and walk through the tunnel. That's not the uh, hardest trophy. It's, it's the most rare. The second rarest trophy. Yeah. The rarest trophy is ridiculous, but we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely <laughs> talk about that. Um, I love that one. I have no so idea I was following that. along with the trophies. The one that I got first was the one that most people got. And the one at the train track, like, was the third or fourth one. So Really? I... I went almost hand in hand with how most people were solved. So that's interesting. Those. You're right. You can map out how most players are doing it by which mysteries they show is solved in the trophy data. Alberto played this game perfectly. I just watched him do everything perfectly. And it was very traumatizing to me because I was like, man, I am. I know I've played more games than him. What happened to all those? I think Alberto's in the minority, honestly. I mean, the game does start out to, I mean, right off the fact tells you in blatant letters across the screen, this game is a narrative experience that does not hold your hand. Yes, it, that's true. 100% does not hold your hand. That too. one line has been on my mind in both of these games, in that it was in Ethan Carter, but it wasn't in Rapture. Do you think it gives it, a pass? It I, I is like putting itself out there in the beginning, trying to go for the pass. <sighs> this is why you're not going to like this game, so if you don't like this game, don't worry about it. Right? <laughs> and it's caveat. like... Uh, like, you're not going to understand it, and that's intentional. My immediate question for you, Will... If they gated off each of these areas and didn't let you progress until you solved the next the right puzzles, would that be a better game? Because although I'm sitting here telling you that I didn't get it and I felt stupid, I liked it that way. I liked it being open world. I was almost surprised to learn that I could just kind of wander on. I was like, oh, there's a like a rock pile ahead. I can't go past until I figure this out. And then I was like, oh, there's a path. I like, oh, I went past the rock. Oh, well, I'm going to go across this dam now. <laughs> I thought that was one of the things about the game that was cool. What prompted you to go back and figure out the rest? I got all Please the way... Please tell me it was something other than the trophies. <laughs> no, it was not the trophies. <laughs> it was the... I got... Somehow I got to the underground room, and I saw that there were things on the map with an X, and I was like, what? And I went back and... So you, like so you got to the them, end of the, the game others. where you're yeah. looking at I Ethan's wall where he had somehow. drawn on it. But I'm actually curious... What actually allows you to complete this game? Do you have to solve both murders and side quests in order to see the ending? That's a very good question, because I missed one of the murders the first time through. I went When I was going back and getting the three stories that I'd missed, I figured out the third murder. I, I figured out that I had walked right by the elevator with the drowned woman, and it was like, oh, I'll do this real quick. I had no idea. I missed that entirely, and then, then I had all the stories solved, and I had all four murders, and I thought, okay, well, now we are... 
now we're good. And so then the game ended. But if I don't, the first time I passed the drowned woman, I was like, oh, there's a drowned woman in that elevator. But that was before I had learned how right. to solve mysteries. Well, right. well, well like, from, for me, I was oh, like, okay. okay, someone locked in the elevator, probably hit her with the pickaxe over there from one of those pickaxes and drowned her. Like, And then it's like, the pickaxe is in the dark. Okay. I mean, when I got to the train, I was like, oh, shit, someone ran over this dude with a train. That is metal. Kept on walking. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought one of the clearest ones was down in the mine. I thought it was very clear that that was a puzzle that needed to be solved. The Stargate? The Star- woman? Dude, can we, that was such a Stargate. That was such a Stargate. <laughs> oh, my God. Definitely, yeah. I saw that, that moment. I was like, Alberto's going to love this. Yeah, this game is going to go 10. <laughs> For sure. So, question. The five miners that were dead within the area where the kind of the other miner is walking around with the lamp did you I guys say that matt loved it holy crap all right there was so again just sort of wandering through the game the first time not understanding all the mechanics precisely and not seeing anyone else incidentally this is the one person you see between either game just before but until you get to the very end of ethan carter that you go down there in the tunnel i'm waltzing down this tunnel it's really creepy you got all the candles on each side and then i hear a weird creaking and then there's a zombie right in my face a pretty well, a pretty well rendered zombie. Also, yep. I was just like, this "Holy shit! Scare. What the fuck!" And then you move me back to the start, and I was like, "I'm not going back down there again. I am not going back down there again." So as soon as I got to the end and saw, "Ah, crap! That's a puzzle I have to solve. I have to go back down there." That was ah. a weird. When I, right when there first, with you, Matt. I, I had yeah, no idea. That scared the bejesus out of me. When I got to that part, first I was, I, I saw like the the mystery of like the pickaxe that was missing, elevator and all that stuff, and I was trying to find the clues for it. Rather than getting the train cart that was down there to, like, illuminate the tunnel and, like, actually find where the pickaxe was, I just started walking down that tunnel, and then I saw that there was a light on the left side, and I was like, oh, what's down there? And so I started going down there, and I read the sign. If you see this, and I forget. If this note stands, go no further. Right. If this note stands, our our ritual failed. If this note stands, our the sea thing gate remains closed. There we go. There we go. And so I saw that, and I was like, okay. Then I turned right back around. Yeah, I would go back down and if so I then, were you. Then I went back and I went and then like I, I went down like a little bit further and I saw the water that looked like it was boiling, so I was like, okay, not going through there. So I went back and I solved the puzzle. And so then when I solved it and kept coming down, I told Nate, I was like, Yeah, I saw this place and like I saw this sign that I saw the sign that told me to keep that, out. To go so I there. kept out. So, <laughs> I, forget, I forget what <laughs> good Samaritan. I was, was like, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that sign, but be careful. Right. Wait, well, yeah, so he, so he says that, so I'm like, okay, well, let's go down there and check. So I walk down, and then I go, and then I hear the light, and I hear the guy coming walking out. I'm like, oh, what's that? And so, I, like, I peek around the corner, and I see him, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And then he, and like, then goes away, and like, I'm oh, like, cool, okay. And then he shows up, like, right <laughs> in the face, and I was like, shit! <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but that, I was just like, part. why would I just be like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Well, because there's no, doing here? there's no threat, and you don't have any way to defend yourself. Certainly, you're not gonna, you're not. Gonna, I don't think you're gonna know that, who on the first playthrough I, didn't get attacked by the zombie. All of us died at least once. I was wow. gonna say that was a, a really weird experience for me going into this game. In that I saw this guy down there, yeah, and emotionally I was like, oh my god, what the fuck. But intellectually, I was like, there's no danger in this game. I don't have any way to fight back. Yes. So I walked straight at him. What? I like his and, approach. And I, I was yes, like... I had the same, I had the same quandary. Yeah, they're too I, smart. I was like emotionally freaking out. 
but interested to see what the fuck was happening. That's the only time I can ever say that the emotionally and intellectual pieces of myself have been completely in contradiction before. <laughs> wait, wait. That's the only time your First emotions all, yeah, and intellect have been like, contradictory. I mean, like, directly. Like, I mean, you know, just, it, it's more of, like, emotions want to go on this tangent, intellect, intellect wants to go on this other tangent, right? This was the first time they were like, no, we are going in opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. The thing about the puzzle-solving mechanics in Ethan Carter was that once you figured out how to do it, it felt like I understood what this game wanted from me, and I should go and do that in the rest of the world. Yeah. As opposed to in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, there's like a six axis thing. I still don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do with the six axis to solve the to solve those lights. Well, I think this this comes back to the age old like sort of umbrage you've had with a lot of games, which is like your quest in a game is to understand it and to figure it out and to solve it. I think Ethan Carter is a game ultimately about puzzle solving and kind of story piecing together. But I think Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is at very much like Dear Esther is not a game that is even all that interested in kind of you solving things as much as it is you experiencing them. Which I hate to say it just but can doesn't anybody sound tell me like your focus. What, what the, the the balance thing is I mean all I did with that is it just was, bringing it into tune? Well, so you'd get you get these memory balls hovering in the air and that was really the the Instead of finding the notes, the traps, whatever, you just find these balls hanging in the air for the different memories. So you would just turn the six axis and... Right, but why? Be, they would activate the memory. Right, but... But initially, initially, you just, just did it all the way to one edge. And then I got to one where I did it all the way to one edge, and well, it just it was, didn't do so it. And it was the church, right? At the big something. memories. The big yeah, memories, But yeah. did you recognize that the controller was giving you feedback on how far well, to go? the control would vibrate and vibrate at a constant rate at which point you should hold how far the controller is being tilted in one direction. Oh, yes. Eventually, yes. Like, five so the, of yeah. them in. But it like, seemed like I there were certain key memories or... for each character, which I, I don't even know if that's a thing. It felt like that. I and think, those key, I think yeah, it was like the big memory. Like it was like the big deaths, reveal right? was the only one that required you to be precise with your movements. I think they were all deaths, yeah. Well, when no, you had the, the big one it? where the woman was like, they're coming no, no, to not, save us. Well, not all the ones she where died. you... Oh, you mean she like... got the, hit by nerve gas. I guess you're right. You Several like of the them. big end ones. The big end ones. So, yeah, gotcha. like the... the oh, yeah. they're all deaths. They all happened at the same time. When the nerve oh, gas hit. I when the you. nerve gas hit. I, I Three of them happened at the same yeah. time. Steven didn't. His was three hours later. Kate isn't dead, conceivably. But the I, the other like I, surrounding but the other yeah. four the church guy the died church wearing. well no, so, so, so so what I was so Wendy say. saw the aircraft come over Frank saw the aircraft come over train station lady I'm pretty sure Lizzie Liz oh, had Liz? two endings didn't she because I saw she had an ending yeah she kind of yeah. did she had an ending with she had an ending at, at um, Lakeside at the summer camp with her baby. Yeah, her ending, it never took place within there. It just kept saying, go to the main hall. And you went in there and saw a story, but she wasn't part of it. Was, it was Rachel talking to the kid and then some other person walking up to Rachel. is interesting to me is that it, at the <laughs> major <laughs> memories for each character, it seemed from our experience almost like there was a certain point around the memory, kind of where the memory resonated the strongest. And when you were at that point, then tilting the six axis would actually activate the memory. Is that just Matt and I's experience or is that... So this, no, uh, the ball would show up on the screen. You would stop being to, like, able to run. We'd have to like move around it. 
to a certain point of the room where the... For example, when we were at the church, we had to be... By, uh, for me, I was like, okay, this isn't working. I know the six acts is supposed to do something. I was like, I'm standing in the wrong place. It's not the middle. So I went over the holy water and that, that angle worked. Which could be because there's... Oh, I did not run to that where I had to be at a... Yeah, it, I noticed it that just, I, get I thought work, yeah. that initially. It might just be because the six axis is relative to where you were looking at the thing, so different angles will offer you a different yeah. position it moves to. Yeah. Probably. Probably. From a different mindset, why would you use the six axis for this? Why not do like a rhythm game with the triangle button or something? It, 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 there's... <laughs> Or what, what just the hell is the point? walk up to it and look at it and like use the right analog stick to move it back and forth. Putting myself in the mind of a super artsy-fartsy guy who's trying to make a video game that's weird for the sake of being weird. What's okay. the point of doing this? There was a little more involvement with those keynote memories. You got a lot more feedback. The screen lit up a lot more. You had to really hold it for a while to get the memory to actually engage. And it was a more powerful moment ultimately for each person because everyone dies in those memories. In doing, actually moving the controller and getting the feedback, it feels a little more intense. I think from an artsy-fartsy perspective, that might be what but they were going for. Am I the alien that's kind of surfing on the lights? Is that what I'm supposed to be feeling? Well, that, or, goes like, what? that goes to the, the mythology of each of these games. Who are you in these worlds? Right. What if What if it was supposed to represent like maybe like your head like just tilting? like, And then you see that to the left. I see a very important memory. <laughs> to the right, I see the priest farting. Look, look I'm just... <laughs> that one did not make the game. You already heard me earlier. I think that it was stupid to use that. So I'm just trying to give something for using it. Like, I don't understand how that was seen as would have been an easier thing for someone who has never played video games, like, too. It, it might as well have been rock band tiny mechanic thing it was it, i i didn't no, feel like it had anything to do with what was going world. like they're the movement you're like doing that. with the controller is more peaceful i think honestly it was trying to if anything the entire game is not a difficult thing to understand so it's probably the way that i looked at it was it's a way to change an input method instead of having to look down at a button they honestly were probably just trying to make it easier of just you move the controller like people are holding this thing in their hands and they figured out how to use an analog stick to move forward and around the only other thing they have to do is literally move how the controller feels like I, that's how i kind of looked at uh, it i i, I see where yeah. you're coming like from do a thumb swipe maybe that would have made more sense to yeah. me uh, or as yeah I, a right analog stick i think would have worked so as well but the movement you know sometimes i think it gets a little complicated for the sake of being complicated if you just want an interaction then you didn't have to do anything i think dual shock the six axis is kind of more to me it's more symbolic of the idea that you're like trying to get in tune with something like a button yeah. a trying to get on the frequency swipe, or like whatnot press it. x to dispense story there's something about the physical movement that's right. more i mean i will plus x to pay your respects functioning can i ask one question about a mechanic and ethan carter you though before we can on? did anyone else get that when you look at an item and it comes up and it says like the item's name like yeah, seven it's floating times, around there that if you yeah, as they're floating around, that if you move the camera at that point and get all of the words to That's a the line, direction it's in. that they change to, yeah, they change to a yellow color, and then you can press X, and it shows you what, what? you're looking for and yep, the direction Nathan, did you it's not in. know that? Because yep. that, that was how wow. you, just how you, that's, that's I, how that's we got the other trophy. <laughs> no, no idea. So I didn't find that until after I had beaten the game I didn't, and was the crow going was back to do a couple of the stories. That's interesting. Yeah, it I was just hunted. I I was immense. I was like, if I would have known about this earlier in the game, it would have 
change my perception What's, of how did you find the rock? Yeah, how did the you rock, find the I rock? I didn't have That's too much intense. trouble finding. It was just I just happened to get lucky. Or the, the question though, the crank. One of them was just like by a tree across the map. You, Nate, you looked up the crank. I remember that. And then I think shortly after that, I figured out what Craig just said with the sensing of the objects. Again, that and was that put like everything together for me. Getting in the game design's eyes because it was like. Where's the crank? It's not right around here. And then as soon as I realized that there was more of like, it could have been broader out in the world, then I was like, okay, I'm not going to... Now I realize that... I think most games teach you that the solutions are right at your fingertips. It's just a matter of deciding what to do, kind of. And when this one, I was like, oh, it's more about actually going out in the world and finding it. I kind of was like, okay, so now I have a better scope of what's going on. I think that if I'm not mistaken with the letters swarming around the screen, isn't it when you look in the direction that they actually are, they kind of align more properly? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So I got to that step and I yeah. figured that out, but I never thought to press a button. So I was just like, oh, it's over this way. And I would just set off in that direction. Right. It actually, but once they align perfectly, then you kind of get like the touch yeah, where it kind of sense. like opens up into like a little scene. Correct, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but that mechanic kind of only really works if you actually see the text of what you're looking for versus if you have the three question marks where it's like I'm looking for something but I have no idea what. You could still kind of like figure out what direction it was, but you wouldn't be able to actually have no. the game show you what it was. It'll show you. So for It the, will? For the crow. Um, what we, wait, what did we say about Corvus that it was a uh, crow? That crow. It, in it Latin it means crow or raven. For that bit where you see the tree stump with the crows being sacrificed or drained of their blood or whatever else, and you see the big sigil written on the mausoleum side, weird and weird. You're like, "Ah, knife, dagger, what's going on here? It's a big question mark. You can actually focus inside the tomb, and it's very dark. It's like looking for the pickaxe. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just in the dark area. But you you can make out the body, and then it'll rotate around, and then you can see up the mausoleum staircase oh but you do have to uh, and then for the crow to light everything up you have to go down there do the sense on the crow right and i did not like being down there the first time especially when i could not see anything further in the mausoleum i was like this is really yeah, weird creepy. that was that was yeah. proper unnerving they did that section really nicely i thought and that crow dagger that they used that, was... that the second murder was committed with that thing is wicked blade i was yeah, just like was. that is that is scary yeah something properly about raven. That was right. Was that I was trying when I was about to start figuring out what the hell was going on. Yeah. And like I put the lamp in the spot where the lamp, or like where the. Yeah, like, yeah. I was trying to pick up the matches. I know. I was, I was trying, trying to, to light the lantern, right? The stuff. I was like, what? What was the point of putting this lamp right here? It, that didn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. Well, if we'd known to like put the scene back together and because I had the same thing, I was like, I want to light that lantern and then I can go down to the mausoleum. This I was like, I don't want to go yeah, into the exactly. mausoleum without, without light. This you is know. so interesting to me. I've already just then, got this. How did you get this? How, I, did you, how did you get you're supposed to light up the mausoleum by going finding the crow thing and then they make some sparks because, and light like, up the well, oil? I, I like mean, you go down there and there's this thing I mean, that says pull and then like you hear this thing, you can see this thing next to it move a little bit. I was like, okay. He just so got all up. the right clues. It was, it was really cool to watch actually. I was like, oh, is he oh. doing this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. oh, that's how you do games. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah, really cool. Learn, guys. Alberto, <laughs> just, you know. Like Nate said, when I found the first trap. Yeah, the traps uh, really set him up to understand exactly what yeah, the game the, the, like I, the, I saw the first one, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I saw the second one, and I saw that it completed a little bit more. And that's when I got it. I was like, oh, okay, so I'm doing these things until I get like a complete 
Right, circle. yeah, exactly. Okay, it like, so, sets up the understanding that so, piecing together different parts of the environment gives right. you the understanding of what happened. And like that's really the only instruction needed. But if, like me, you totally didn't find a single trap, then... Really, you didn't? Yeah, not a single trap went off. I just followed oh. the train tracks. I was like, I'm a oh, train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chugga, chugga, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's... Okay, that I feel like that's a little different with how we... Because right. like, when I play, I explore like no other business. Well, I, just, I just saw a bridge and I was like... Look at that shitty bridge. I was high. I, don't know. I didn't want to follow the train. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. Yeah, I'm like, yo, bro, I explored immediately, was almost hit by this spike cross or something. I, well, that yeah. was the first one. Exactly. And I was just like, oh, Same. this game is not fucking around. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's so, be careful. There's some crazy bro, traps, too. Man. One of the mechanics pieces that I was trying to find, figure out for hours, so one piece I didn't understand, and... I was trying to decide whether there was a mechanics thing going on or it was just something that I missed is that okay so my experience is I spent I, I was trying to mainline this game and ended up spending nine hours trying to mainline this game because <laughs> I just barely I don't understand how it's even I just possible. barely missed the ending so I was wandering around in circles and circles and circles <sighs> and trying to figure out where the fuck the end of this game was and so I kept coming up upon the you are here maps which are all over the place yeah all those you are here maps i could have sworn that they added the infinity signs later than the first time i saw them were those infinity signs added or were they there the whole time does anybody know yeah so some of those maps the maps didn't change some of them had marks on them some of them didn't right and that was so, really interesting i thought yeah so they mark where memories show up but all so, of them. And all did the it matter memories, whether they were the black or red? Oh, yeah. uh, well, different maps had different sets, right? Yeah, like, like so some the of one them in would Kate's show. house had all of them. Yes. Yeah. And then other ones only had ones within that character's region, yes. we kind of guessed. And one of them only had like a couple. Like I saw one map with three in, right. the, in the campground area. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, those must be the only ones we have left. But that's not it. Yeah, those maps right. don't change. They mark everything. Like, maybe they were black before I got them all and red after I got them all. I thought I was thinking that too. And then I decided that the maps were not interactive at all for any of them. Yeah, they're static. So they really so don't I change. I have a question at all. back no, to me that no, I can guarantee those they don't signs change. signs are yeah. in there from the very first time you run into those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I believe Isn't that so. Odd, and I, I couldn't quite figure out the reasoning behind that. This is one of those things. This where is where Will and I are the opposite. No, I was like, in oh, my head, there was no infinity sign there. But I'm pretty. I mean, if you're telling me there was, then I'm sure there was. But Some I, like, I could have. Yeah, I was like. This is one of the. See, I, I'm very confident. Well, and I have the opposite perspective because I was like, "Oh, cool. There's different things, but there's clearly a rule. I have no interest in finding out what it is. I'm just happy to like, know there what is, is the one." Rule? Like I'm like, this is more complicated than it could be. Wonderful. And I went off in the world being like, "Cool." Sorry, there's a will right thing. You have my attention. Um, at the beginning of every Sims game, are those list of things that are happening? He had a talk I where he was talking that. about those, and he said, "Articulating splines." That's yeah. the key one. And then oh, yeah. he's like, "As long as you make them." there's like a certain level of complicated and vague then people will just assume that that is doing that is something <laughs> reticulating splines oh yeah the game is reticulating its splines of course do you know what that means no. I don't know what reticulating or splines are but it sounds like something the sims and sim city and every other game Maxis has made would do yeah and the level yeah. terrain feature on the sim city 2000 Cali calibrating that fiscal actually... responsibility <laughs> I love those <laughs> That is really fun. No, it's that's awesome. <laughs> no, I was curious to hear more about the difficulty you had just trying to mainline the game because I found one of the pieces that was most interesting and everybody's gone to the rapture was 
there was literally a point to follow. If you followed the okay. biggest, brightest yeah. light as it continued through the world, it would take you through things to see and then keep pushing you forward. Or at least that's what From it that did that very me. first city, I walked into the city and the light like took off across the city. And I was like, okay, so I yeah. should go over there. I walked over there and the light ran straight at me and went back into the city I just came from. I was like, what okay, the hell? I, and then oh, there was stuff yeah. like... Fuck you, 343 Guilty Spark. And then there was stuff like the yes. the house that they're buying. I did the stuff in the house, and then the, the light just sat in front of that house. I'm like, okay, where are we going next? Oh, no, we're just going to sit in front of this house. I'm like... Did the light whoa, get more whoa, frantic whoa. as the game, game huh. went on, or was that just different I had, parts? I had this theory... That the light was... was just there to fuck me. <laughs> I hate it. No, it was there to fuck Kate. We all know that. Come on. I had this theory because at one point, six hours in, I finally found the light again. <laughs> six hours later. I was like, oh my God, I found the light. I'm going to follow it this time. And the thing's like bouncing around all over the fucking place. And I'm like, oh. Anyway, I had this theory that that light is calibrated for walk speed. Yeah. Oh, and well, by running, I was fucking it up, and it got confused no. about how fast I was. I don't. I don't think that's true because I, I remember. That's true because running, you just don't keep go going. fast. <laughs> no, because I remember when I was in like the. Like you uh, could catch up to it if you were running, but you couldn't catch up to it if you were walking. Yeah, you could get in front of yeah. it if you were running. And to your point about the village area, right where you started, I didn't. I start to understand that the spark was really doing anything for me until I got to Wendy's story which was where the game got a little bit more linear actually where you're not presented with this big kind of round area to look in you're kind of more following the road sorry at which that one point. is Wendy? she was the second story second one in the forest Wendy was the old cranky oh. lady like the second or Steven's mother second, second yeah. person you like really find uh, no 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 yeah. just old and crotchety Ah. Yeah, old and crotchety. Small town, old person. Um, so sure. Bunch of things. Yeah, probably were. racist. Actually, she yeah, is missing her husband. I'm putting some of the stuff on there because there's some of the stuff where they're like they arrived on the train and she's like, all the people are staring me at this in the city. Uh, I was like, yeah, what? yeah, well, okay. Kate Wait, and Steven. Isn't Wendy's Steven's yeah. mom? Who yeah. are we? Uh, I really think we're space tourists. I, I, I don't you think we're I, the actual creature. No, I don't think we're the creature. I don't know who we are. We're no one in the story, as far as I can tell. We're not Kate. We're not the alien. I think the alien is showing us all these memories that it picked up. So you think the the wandering light is actually the alien? I think so. Yeah, I think it is showing you what happened. Maybe Kate's showing you what happened. I'm a little unclear on who. I don't know who we are. I, okay, I, here's another more, Yeah, I was gonna I say know. I don't know who you are either. Maybe you're a person that's come into this that's still alive within the that's on okay, Earth. Another theory. Is seeing. Fair. The earth there or i don't know so well, this event this thing the the light is what brings earth into the galactic civilization uh, oh 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 okay after that point everybody else can go from planet to planet as energy and experience what had happened when that energy brought the planet into the galactic civilization because they talk about how practically there is no way for you know people or planets to to actually interact and so that that's how they bring them into the civilization so you are just some other galactic tourist seeing what the hell happened on this planet interesting i didn't pick up i didn't interpret this in this manner that's pretty <laughs> that's far cool. out there so i mean i mean yeah, I, 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 I don't have evidence to disagree with you certainly a little bit you're saying that these are all no. form of ascended beings so uh, what's the what's the ascended some of it kind of but, yeah like, I think a single ascended being. The, there's a lot of comparisons drawn between this entity and 
god. Oh, well, okay, I, so I was I was more referring to Stargate. Sorry. No, I, I, well, I mean, there's that certainly that that is also reasonably accurate. Like Those beings are quite. I know what they're <laughs> talking about, Alberto. I've watched Stargate. We all get it. I've watched all of the Stargate. Okay, I understand. Okay, so the ancients are these. Let's make it a little like clearer. Alberto. I'm gonna jump across the table. <laughs> Wait a second. They're the first evolution of humans. Speaking oh of, my god, I'm going to destroy you. What, the forerunners? Okay, speaking of which. Yes. The precursors. We're, all, we're all also like ascending. Oh, you mean the precursors? The, the sure, I mean them too. It. It's the all story. <laughs> the okay. Game. Which At end? the end of the game rapture, those closing moments of the story, which apparently is the beginning of the game. I think so. It's, is, is Kate intimate with this thing? What, what's happening? What's so their, the, like, like? Are they fucking? So this is like in Star Trek. <laughs> are they ascending? To, oh, which reminds me. Wow. The spirit lights in this game are apparently just like the Star Trek, the motion picture, like the end between what two characters. Alberta, I'm looking right at you. It's a you kaleidoscope or something, basically. At the end when the two characters are talking, whose names I forget, there's like lights around them that apparently look very similar to the lights in the rapture. Well, she becomes Talk one with V'ger. So oh. Kate and the alien merge together to form some kind of new creature. And they talk about this as being like, everyone's happy because they're together. Steven is with the woman that he was cheating on Kate with. Oh, Lizzie. Lizzie. That's yes. when she says she understands it now. Yeah, Wendy. Yeah. So I feel like that is what a, the... What an INTJ thing to do. Wendy's... <laughs> now I understand what it means for people to be together. Yeah, I would say... Yeah, merge with this alien Kate, being. Kate is a hardcore, aggressive scientist. Yeah, seriously. So, okay. there we go. Yeah. What were you going to say, Will? I think that that is supposed to be what the moral of this particular story is. That, Interesting. And she kind of goes to outline that we basically have one day to live, one day to exist. How are we going to spend our day? And then everybody else find somebody to couple up with right you know find somebody to spend that last time with and then the, the thing that what she ends up spending her time with is the thing yeah that's interesting also jeremy he gets coupled with god and we all know that's you know come on who's jeremy the first one. jeremy's the priest it, jeremy was the preacher that's right but everyone kind of found their solace or she kind of envisioned everyone finding their solace after they had passed yeah. away or after they had whatever ascended to whatever happened to them after this however it's you want a pretty concrete moral especially for what so easily could have become a purely abstract story i feel like a lot of games a lot of indie things like this end up being kind of like what happened like leaving it way out yeah, there like, for you to kind of piece like together and be like, Esther. you can make of this whatever yeah, you want exactly. it to be. More like, what's the point of this? Well, right? Well, that seems that, more like a will question. Well, <laughs> I felt like that's what you were getting at, right? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. The theme of the story. Whereas, sure. I guess I don't. Most like, indie games are like, okay, here's some cool stuff for the sake of having you do some cool stuff. Do we think but this there was one a, kind of put a nail on it and said, okay, this is the. This is what we're getting at here. Yeah. yeah. This is why we're telling you this story. Well, I think the other. It's not really a moral of the story, but I think a lot of what everybody's gone to the rapture was really communicating as there's an, a post I'll link to what you should know before you play everyone gone to the rapture as spoken by an actual British person it was on games radar there was huh. a couple things about what his experience going into it growing up in the town of uh, Cotsmoor which apparently is the town that this game was very heavily based on in England I've been to a small English town that l looked identical to this and it was, <laughs> it was so it was really cool that must be really so yeah. one of the things he said is like you said that in england it's a much smaller place so people don't have the desire to get out of dodge as much as they do in america where a small town is in the middle of nowhere so it's not necessarily undesirable to live in a small town that it's you know a quieter life but if you're not 
out in the boonies by any means. Yeah. So we kind of talked about revisiting this game is to a lot of these people that grew up in villages like this, but have since moved to London and other big cities in England, a way to step back into their own pasts and experience like th- those memories and see how abandoned they are. Like, oh, it's kind of like a visual, like a visual metaphor for their child that's being so remote and distant. I think that specifically this game, not quite its moral, but perhaps part of the point of this game is to really look at the minutia of what it is like to be in kind of end times and what for a slow apocalypse to kind of look into what people's lives would be like what's happening in these normal people's lives just kind of observe what's happening the normal everyday drama of these british people i I actually really appreciated that particular piece of looking at the drama that was taking place from a normal person's life it wasn't this crazy out of this world dramatic moments that are happening if you was no it's just relationships how people respond to each other how people deal with a situation where your cows died overnight and you don't know what's happening and the government isn't coming in it was just it seemed very human in the way that people reacted as opposed to this overly dramatic reading of how people are experiencing these moments yeah and that's that's one of the things that i almost think is very different between the games is although Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is very cosmic in nature and quite sci-fi. It's moment to moment is very grounded in sort of realistic human behavior. And The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is more about these crazy, absurd, like either murder scenarios or a child's dreaming of going to being abducted or space or wizards or witches. It's almost like The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is a more abstract game even while its spirits are actually trying to be human in form. Like, it's interesting in that way, I think. I didn't feel like Ethan Carter was really all that abstract. Yes, you do have the stories where in, at one point, you're flying around a spaceship, but you're just in a little crappy wooden shed reading a note. That part's really meant to take out of it. Everything seemed fairly straightforward to me. Like, the people in this town have kind of gone off the deep end, and they're just a few people... I, they've, they've all just kind of gone crazy. None of this really seemed too extraordinary I agree extraordinary with the point you're me. making, except for the sensing thing. I could be logically convinced by your argument, but the sensing thing kind of throws the rest into this sort of, okay, there's clearly like some abstract, surreal thing going on here that's not possible within our reality. He, so they talk about, actually, this is really interesting, because they talk about death. Paul Prospero talks about death for just a second there in in Carter when he says the dead can't describe what it's like to be dead it's like they're walking down a flight of stairs and they just never reach the bottom they're like floating out in a haze people don't really know what happened they don't have any more answers it's sort of a weird it is weird and abstract but to me it didn't seem so outlandish because that's how we view death now when you think of abstract like what does that mean to you that you're not able to fully comprehend the story or like I, I, I guess think I was me, going more didn't... for like surreal Ethan Carter felt more surreal because the things that are happening just couldn't, like, you couldn't come up with a justification for them to happen. They were just random shit that the kid was thinking, coming up with. Whereas the stories were, sure. Like, there was an attempt at a, a common, like, within the world of Everybody's Gone to yes. the Rapture, it was entirely consistent. I actually felt like Carter was pretty consistent. Those five stories were certainly offshoots, but they were all presenting Ethan Carter as this creative child that was stuck in this just backwater. 
So that, it, for me, none of that seemed, at least maybe while I was initially going through the stories, it was weird and unusual, and certainly the sea thing gate was crazy. But after I realized what everything was, that they were just these kids' stories, and we were seeing these murders take place, I was just like, man, this kid is just in such, it, to me, it's like normal kid, just a bad situation. Nothing seemed too unusual to me, really. The, the difference is that you were playing out those things versus just like reading if the extent of Ethan Carter's stories were those notes and you just picked them up and read them that would be a completely different story than what we experienced but I, you wouldn't really like. but you wouldn't really get in his true. head either because the whole story everything in the game is just in his head including these other offshoots he's written everything out so you're sort of seeing not so we we as an adult we would walk up to this wooden shed we would look at this piece of paper and we'd say oh he's pretending it's a spaceship that's not as, nearly as powerful as oh we're in the spaceship we are taking off now we're seeing all since like oh this is way more powerful than just reading a uh, note would be I, I think agree you're that's what makes it and getting in those moments is what broke it up and made it feel like it completely changed the pace of what was going on i think that about concludes mechanics does anyone have a preference as to what we talk about next how much better everybody's gone to the rapture looks than ethan carter yeah okay so let's no. talk tech whoa <laughs> craig you're wrong i will be happy to get whoa. into this one with no you. i absolutely agree with craig wait uh, which one's better everybody's gone rapture, to the rapture. Yeah. okay actually i agree okay what? Interesting, yeah. So there's a couple things to you, note Matt. here. I'm with you. These are both on... Th I just wanted to fire some shots. These are both <laughs> on directly competing technological platforms. Engines, if you will. Uh, what? CryEngine versus Unreal Engine 4. In one of the first moments while I was walking through Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, there's a part where you're walking down a hill and you can see sunlight coming through the trees and like you can see the shadow of the trees on the ground. And as you move it like glitched like no other the shadows on the ground for like those coming through the trees nothing like that happened in vanishing of ethan carter like that i was so yeah, I impressed with how glitched as much as it did the sun probably changed positions which happens a lot when you transition areas and that that but, actually did look like in the forest when that was happening and the sun was i was like watching it move across the sky the shadows are all weird when that happens that for me wasn't really great neat. and the sh yeah. when you're in the middle of the forest and it's all just crazy it's hard to track movement so i can see what you're saying but so these are two games on very directly competing engines. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is in CryEngine, which is a technology developed by Crytek. The Vanishing of Ethan Carter is on the Unreal 3 engine at launch. It was very recently, just a couple days ago, a free sort of second version of the game on the Unreal Engine 4, which is a later, more, technolo more technologically advanced engine, was actually just released for free. So apparently if you own it on Steam, like the UE4 version was just added to your library as well, which is really cool. Yeah, called the Redux. Yeah. And it's just like a visually improved game, which is kind of amazing to think about because the first one was already very gorgeous. We're at a point right now, particularly around these games, where the graphics fidelity has way more to do with the... The art design of the game? The art design, but then also the texture detail, how much work you put in building the minutia of what each texture looks like. And just kind of doing a broad palette saying this engine is better than that engine i think it really has more to do with like how much time you spent yeah. in adding the details to each of these things yeah i don't think you can compare the engines directly from two completely different studios i don't really think there's a way to directly compare it is interesting that they both look great they both do look great that's i'll give you that 
Uh, yeah, that's inarguable. Yeah, I think they both absolutely. Yeah. Both games are fantastic. I would place a large amount of money that our preferences on which game looks better has a lot more to do with what settings we connect with more than it does to which engine actually looks better. I was just reflecting on that actually, trying to figure out yeah. which scene I liked the most from each game because they're both visually very stunning. Can you try to illustrate that? So, for example, yeah. I know Matt connected very strongly with the train station scene. Walking up on the train station scene, I remember you talking about how much you liked that in The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Oh, okay, so... Yeah, Vanishing of Ethan Carter, you start on this train, you're walking down the tracks, you find the first body. You go a bit further, you find this dilapidated train station. It's like an old platform. Yeah, trains used to be, I understand, a little more prolific on the East Coast than they are now. As far as getting around, that was the best thing to do. So you have all these older abandoned platforms, as far as like, like equivalent to a bus line almost would be today. Yeah. And so that for me was a really cool thing that really brought me into this used to be something this used to be a prosperous area this used to be a mine a rich person multiple rich people lived in the area who were benefiting from the industry and whatnot and it just fell hard that for me was huge it told me so much about the area it was just that one train station because it was just there's nothing else around there there's just one train stop everything else had to have just disappeared following that and also, as far as the visual aesthetic goes, on that bridge, looking over the sunset, looking over the valley, just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. There wasn't a sunset in uh, Vanishing Ethan Carter, was there? That was, your, that was the time of day. I think you arrived at like four in the afternoon or so. Okay. I mean, so yeah, it wasn't a sunset in the same fiery sky way that there was in Rapture, though. It was an orangish color. It was, it was stationary. It okay. didn't change, but... It wasn't as low in the... Yeah. But it wasn't daytime. Yeah. It was twilight. And that's, that was a very important mood setting. So you setting. contrast that against... So my favorite scene out of both of these games, I'm kind of thinking, was probably... The pseudo-comet? I really did like when the sun was really low in the sky, the blazing fireball, and the sky was bright purple and orange in the, uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. was really beautiful. Oh, when you're doing Steven's story? Yeah, when I think mm-hmm. about all my favorite moments, there's only one moment that really stands out to me in The Vanishing Me and Carter, and that is the first time I looked over the valley with the water in it when you start the first game and the way the bridge looked. Those yeah. specific moments there, the views of the nature were really interesting to me. When, when I think back of memories of these two games, I have a lot more of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. The sun being low in the sky, the red the train the being red off sunlight. the tracks at the station was just gorgeous. The way the spirits were in the world, I just, every bit of the art design of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture connected with me a lot more. I think that both games are completely gorgeous. By far, two of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. So I'm not trying to say one is more beautiful. I just think that for me, the Rapture was more in my wheelhouse, I guess. To Nate's point about there being multiple moments that I look back on in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and I played the back half of Ethan Carter back-to-back with starting Everybody's Gone to the Rapture too. Kind of had a little bit of direct comparison there's just like moments where the sheets flickering within the wind that were hung up on the clotheslines or to nate's point the purple sky from that but then also the moments where changed the light yeah Yeah, where yeah where the light was changing between the flashbacks and you look up and when you looked up at the sky if you looked up during those moments and it was just these gorgeous stars just covering everything that was what i was also gonna mention I was like, holy shit. The other point was the lighting The lighting from the spirits uh, moving around in the level was amazing, too. Yes. The spirits actually having physics was interesting as well, where they would influence you. The lights moving would actually influence what was happening in the world. But after you had kind of finished some of those segments, seeing a character's last moments, and then 
the entire game would go dark except for where it was lit up by the little sparks of light. Yeah. There was, and you're the kind of just walking path. slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, was, I liked yeah. everything in that the That was dark. take your breath away type moment, and I was like, oh, man. Particularly when the priest died, and there's the flames on the candles. Those are oh, really cool. Those, those flames, were, yes. oh, flames were really those, awesome. Those were the coolest candles. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. That a, whole scene was amazing. From a technical perspective, yeah. I don't know a lot about the design, the art design of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, but I did did read some interviews with the developers on the astronauts webpage for the vanishing Ethan carter and they talked about how they extensively used the process that they had a name for that i forget but they would go out and they'd take a bunch of pictures of i think it's a valley near where the development offices is located somewhere in poland they would go out and take tons of reference photos from all different angles of objects and they had some sort of technology that would turn that into in-game assets and what they kind of reported on the blog was that the assets that it turned out were so realistic that they had to take away some details to make it more believable in a game setting. So apparently what we're looking at is actually a less realistic version of what they originally had in the game engine, which I thought was really interesting. That idea that in order to make it believably a world, they like the uncanny valley theory, right? Like at first right. it was it's too so close. photorealistic that it becomes unrealistic to look exactly. at. Exactly. So that's an interesting thing. And I don't get the feeling that that same technology was used in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. It feels more like it was all kind of curated model by model. Like I said, I really loved the way all the night stuff looked in Rapture. And just in general, I felt like foliage and stuff kind of looked better in Rapture. But the thing that I've talked about it quite a bit in the past where... I have a really hard time with people's names. Yeah. And so 99% of the way I identify people is by what they look like. Did you turn on subtitles? Yes. Okay. But like I just said, 99% of how I identify people so even seeing the is names by help? what they look like. Yes, I that understand. would present a difficulty, certainly. Did you find there that that being helped in the absolutely no people that I could see was a straight kick in the balls. Yeah, same. Like, I had really? no way of following this story. Yeah. What about their voices? That uh, also I, was, that wasn't. Great. I was comparing this because I I listened to a lot of audiobooks, but in a book, that like somebody will say the things to describe what a person is, who they are. It's like they shortcutted all that in this story because you just assumed that there was a character on screen, but then there wasn't a character on screen. It's like they were going out of their way to make it so that I could not follow along with the story. Yeah. Like, so this is an, almost an accessibility issue. And I think so. Yeah, like even with me, I'm glad you also made that point also with at least books. Like for me with books, I will, when I'm first reading a book, no matter how interested I am in the book, I will for the first like maybe even sometimes as much as a chapter or two, will be lost as to exactly who each person is just by their names. Like, and it takes a while for them to actually say who this person is and what they are for me to re- kind of remember, okay, that's who this is, that's who that is. And often I will have to like flip back pages and be like, wait, who the fuck was this person again? Like, so just so I can figure that out. Normal. But like, so for me, like with that, that's one of the reasons why in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, I just had such the hardest time feeling any kind of engagement with it because I was like, okay, oh, I see these people. I can see yeah, this so, person's talking. So and the only time that I actually had any kind of like remembrance, which was why I was trying to ask you guys what's this person's name? Again, weird. The one person that sounded like that one obscure character from Attack of the Clones. I was like, who is that? I can associate that with something that I already know. And so... 
So kind of to get to the end of what the people look like, well, 99% of the time in Carter, when you see people, they're all like in this blue tinge and they're not like yeah, super high that. poly or anything. Yeah. But at least I was able to recognize them for something. So they, they look kind of crappy, but it was useful, like you said, from a usability point of view. But then in um, a Rapture... There was nothing I had nothing, but, sure. but it was a really cool, really very pretty particle effect. It yeah, was. That's interesting. Yes, it was. For me, I liked that it was abstract. I liked that it was less human while still retaining, like... But I totally see where you're coming from. If I guess, for me, it's hard to imagine the blue outlines in The Vanishing of Ethan Carter would actually help you identify anyone, because those almost left me more confused. Because I felt like I had enough information to figure out who was, who was who, but I was just too stupid to do it, or it wasn't giving me enough, like, detail. Well, I mean, One of the guys was, like, fat. There's a fat guy. There's a guy who looked like Ethan Mars. There's, you know... <laughs> this is why true. I had trouble being like, okay, who's the there's older brother? Old guy. Who's, a... who's the uncle? The old, the old right. guy, you guys hat. The mm-hmm. woman, she's the one woman. And you got Ethan. The other people are kind of meh and that's why i'm like ah was it the uncle or the brother to try to kill was him bald. there the uncle and the brother and the dad were all well the dad was i guess you're right they're sufficiently but, you know, different yeah I don't know why I'm the dad thinking. had a beard that helped alberta what were your favorite visual moments we cut you off earlier for me it was actually really early on in the game when i saw it's kind of a tie between the two of them but when i was on the ledge right after the traps and kind of seeing just that sunset that was really i'm i'm a big big fan of sunsets and just seeing just nothing but wind trees seeing them move what looked like honestly like i made a joke with nate about this saying that like i'm gonna put this on my facebook background and i'm yeah. waiting for people to just <laughs> be like this yeah where were you when you saw this this is awesome oh red creek valley <laughs> uh that should totally go so when i when, so when i do that no one mentioned that it's from the game <laughs> right not a problem you, you've got it man the second one in that it. game though that basically tied was when i got onto the bridge and saw the dam i love dams so fucking much and seeing that with a combination of the water was awesome and now is it the electrical engineer in you that loves dams? partly yeah okay. yeah in the vanishing of ethan carter here's where the ridicule might come oh no so it was when we had finished through the church and you looked up and it was just starry night okay, purple so on and so forth everybody's gone it, to the rapture that's sorry that's what i meant that's what yeah. i meant sorry starry night beautiful as fuck but immediately it made me th- <laughs> I'm so ashamed made me think of the kissing scene in Final Fantasy X ah! <laughs> right, right ah. before it what started what doesn't make you think of the kissing scene in Final <laughs> Fantasy X you nerd <laughs> right before it started you wow, see a okay. starry night and then like the cinematic happens god it's, it's, <laughs> hey Nathan don't make fun of him it's the only place he's seen stars before <laughs> alright it's what we're learning about Alberto here is like every time you see <laughs> stars Kissing. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember the first time I saw stars. It's really, yeah, I, I could go on a whole tangent about that. It's really interesting the way we make connections, like that smells and other smells. Really yeah, yeah. I agree that the fireflies and the starry night are, mm-hmm. is the most beautiful thing about everybody's gone to the rapture. The thing that I thought was the absolute cool coolest was the abduction in Ethan Carter. That was super cool. <laughs> and like yeah. looking oh, at that was the coolest Earth thing. and this nebula that and was all kinds cool. of shit from space. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this yeah. game?" I literally, I, know, I, literally right? I was playing in my room at our old place in Alberta, and I lived together. And I literally like took off the headphones. And was like, "What the fuck is happening in this game?" But Alberta knows better than to come and investigate. But I was really hoping he'd like poke his head around the door and be like, "What you doing?" And I'd be like, "Getting abducted, apparently." <laughs> like, I, like 
that came out of completely left field for me because when I played the game, that was actually one of the ones that I missed. And so I went back to go play. I was like, I swear that I got everything in this section. So then I saw the little thing and I touched it and I saw the ship. I got abducted and I was like, what? the fuck is going on? If, I, if that happened <laughs> earlier on in the game, I would have, I don't know yep. how I would have reacted. I was just oh. like, Yeah, what? slight yep. correction. There's the second guy. You follow, you follow the spaceman. The, right, the yeah, yeah, the astronaut, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the very first things that happened for me because I kind of did what Nate did early on and kind of just went straight through. And I was like, oh, yep, all right, there's some dude missing some legs. And then all of a sudden I was like, why is there a spaceman? I'm running through a forest. Wait, I'm abducted. I'm in space. The fuck is going <laughs> on in this thing? I had through a lot of them. I love that. And then part of it that I didn't notice until way later I came back at it is that that little wooden shed that you come back in looks like a spaceship. Yes, it looks it's like a That's rocket. Funny. Here's a, a question I asked Alberto yeah. as he was staring at the astronaut beaming up into that little thing. I was yeah. like, would you actually do this? Like what in real would life? you do in real life? Oh. Would you step into that beam? Or would you be like, ah, my curiosity can wait. I'm just going to step away. No one will ever believe me. I would so I could, be I thought I would. nothing more terrifying than being in space in that capsule, looking around, seeing the other people, and being like, "I can't do anything." Yeah, this just where I'll die. Stuck. Yeah, like, I mean, that is the coldest, loneliest moment. But but you made but you're asking about the choice before that, right? Right. But you don't. I mean, you don't know what's going to lead to this. But would you step into an? Dude, it was kind of obvious that you were going to be going into space. You're right. But, but but I mean, if you real see life, an alien I mean, beam, would you? So would you sorry. get abducted? So I said yes, yes. I would. Partly because human it curiosity is, is, is stupid. Well, no, no, no. I would it not. Is also agree. Really? No, I wouldn't. Absolutely. I. Not. Whoa. There is no bigger dream. Wait, of wait, mine. wait. There are aliens. They just came to the, came to Earth. You wouldn't be. And they're like, Matt. If if okay, if they said come something, hang out with us. If they said that to me, yes. But keep in mind what's just happened in this game is I just followed this dude to his spaceship. Like I chased him there. I have no reason to think he's not just going for a weapon and gonna just shoot me because I was just chasing him around the forest. So you value your own <laughs> safety more than your curiosity. Yes, There's, I suppose I yep, do. Yeah, I wanna, smart. It's people like you that have kept this species alive. You're all welcome. <laughs> I wonder if the tiger is cuddly after it's killed the deer. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> There's no bigger dream of mine than to than go to, to space. Get no, than to go to space. Even if you died? Even if I died. Okay. Honestly, yes. Even if I died. So he's on the Mars one. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, well, that's, no, that's a little... No, that's... What are you That's talking about? Different. That is exactly what no, you no, just no, said. No, no, I don't no, want to no, have no, to no, work no, for no, it. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Go to Mars. No, 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 no. If you died. <laughs> no, he means I, like deep space. Well, Fuck Mars, man. Sure. No, Let's just like the backyard. It might not make any sense. I don't have any desire to go to Mars and try to populate a different planet. Like that's not. I don't what? know if the sex was, <laughs> I don't, but I see your meaning. No, I think it's implied. I think you'd have to be, you, you know. Just, I think you just directly contradicted yourself. I, no, he wants to be I would go space. to space, even if I had to die. I wouldn't go to Mars, though. <laughs> Not Mars, if that shit's going to kill so it me. it sounds like you'd rather be on a space station than a planet. <laughs> what the fuck? No, he wants being to be on Mars, but literally like being on Earth, except shitty. Okay. It's like camping interstellarly. Okay, so I guess forever your comment about the sheets in the back every time i saw sheets i was like oh man small town woman would never leave her sheets up like that she definitely got raptured so every time i saw those things i got i said oh definitely got raptured That's these people got raptured up. this person got you know small town i have stereotypes about this i was thinking more 
I walked around in this game for eight fucking hours. There were cigarettes lit for eight hours. Well, that was the, that was the other. That well, was, was the much more a.m. forever. Just smoldering. So there's this book, the, K, the Butterfly Effect, and I looked at it. It was on the title in the backyard and these things. I looked at it and I, I immediately read the Butthole Effect. <laughs> I was just like, God, oh. damn it! No, it was it was, 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 it was the Butterfly Effect Chaos Theory, and he's like. <laughs> I read see a butthole. <laughs> right. Much better. No, I, I read the butthole effect. Kate not the, not the butterfly mentions effect. the butterfly effect, too. Okay, so the butterfly leads into the science thing, which would have been a great transition. But Yep, sure would have. In the <laughs> 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 but while I'm killing transitions, <laughs> why has everybody got bird books? Ornithology is the best. What did you Orinthonol Okay, earlier in the car I was talking about bird <laughs> studying people, and I was like, you know, people who have Orinthonol Orinthon Orinthian knowledge, uh, Corinthian college in parents. <laughs> just like I just derped the word. It's like fuck. I can't get this. I'm just gonna use something else. Corinthian collegiate parents. It's pretty funny. Yeah, we can talk about science in this game. We can talk about the gravity equation. It we can talk about a whole lot. It, it was on a chalkboard. It was. I'm gonna go ahead and say this. They didn't really have a lot of actual science in this game. No, it was surreal and abstract. Uh, okay, I mean, come on. But you, you can't beam down something through an observatory. You, no, no, it's not gonna work. How the fuck do you know that? Because I. Okay. Uh -oh. You're an astrophysicist. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. If it, which is true. However, if you convert a large amount of mass to energy, you need a lot of gravity to do it. Having a lot of gravity will stop time. That was kind of the whole crux of what was going on here. That's actually pretty interesting. Oh, okay. I stick to my I stick to my previous point about I don't think you, I mean so, yes they did say explicitly this physics is beyond us but I'm like as far as we know I don't think you I don't think you can beam down an alien through a telescope unless it's already flying through space at you. Well, uh, first of all, seven telescopes. I think there were six. Six, six towers. and a virtual telescope. Right. Boosh. Was I was telescope? looking yeah. for the virtual telescope that right. whole last well, I, bit. I noticed something about this game that struck me is observatory number five, the one with the monitors hanging from trees, uh -huh. is really cool to look into your future often. <laughs> Very neat. <laughs> I love that. I was like, there this you is go. so goofy. <laughs> How cool. Not nearly enough monitors. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I kind of go back to what I said before. Is you're right. The science in this game is light, and everybody's gone to the rapture, and it's certainly non-existent in the Vanishing Vivian Carter. But it is interesting that there is even a pretense at it. It's like, okay, take this one leap, and then after you've taken this one leap, like this is the one change that makes this universe this universe and not reality. And once you make that one leap, how do we keep with the consistent rules of um, physics? And yeah, like that is the one thing that changes. How does that make for this game? If we were going to have a galactic civilization that was all communicating with each other, how the fuck are we going to do that? That is a question we yes. have no way to imagine, right? I could be a warp drive, just fly around. That's how Wormholes, we got to do it. yeah. I, hopefully, I want to be able to go to another planet at some points. I'll probably be dead, but. But in particular, the reason that it's so interesting that they make this game have such a foundation in science, like how much they're pushing this into being a game about religion. That is very interesting. They, I mean, they literally use rapture in the title. It starts, at least for me, early in the game, I discovered a member of the clergy who was kind of talking about people joining the faith. But I feel like that was not i guess they talk about being togetherness later which is sort of spiritual but it's not i, I didn't feel like it was about faith i found it very interesting 
a conversation between Frank and Jeremy, the priest, when Jeremy's saying, come back to church, it's part of the community, just be there, we all want to see you. And he's like, I can't, I can't get down on my knees, pretend to learn that I love this guy, because I can't, and I don't know how you can either. And I believe it's because Jeremy had lost his wife at some point in the past also. I thought that was a very powerful thing, too. They'd both taken these differing paths following tragedy. Am, am I just like... Yeah, and Jeremy even specifically calls out and mentions, and he was like, even if we don't know what his path is for us right now we still have to have faith in like the greater meaning of it yes that is but if you had subtitles on also even leading up to that point he says like i don't know how you can trust him and him is capitalized with a capital h and you're like oh he's specifically talking about god even if you didn't know it up until that point yeah which is kind of interesting is there a lot of faith-based kind of currents running through this game i mean i picked up on the I very mean, obvious ones but i didn't think so i, I sorry I, go ahead Will. i didn't really think so Obviously, the whole thing with Jeremy and how his whole right. death scene was super had those religious overtones, and then it felt a lot like the idea that this is a rapture. It, it all this is. I've not read the Bible. I don't. I just kind of know these things from osmosis. So sure, I sure. Could, could be completely pulling all this out of my butt. We will help. That you said, out. the whole idea of the rapture in general coming up with that everybody's taken away off into space off into heaven and then there's something left over and it's just a lot of this game felt like kind of the science trying to put a scientific explanation on what they thought that that story would look like in today's time frame that's very interesting actually because i kind of naively almost not overlooked the rapture part of the title but just had kind of assumed it was sort of a not not a fake out but just kind of a like this was all like that was just a metaphor to help describe what's actually happening in the game i didn't really draw much of a line between the two things that's interesting matt what do you think they don't really bring up the rapture in the game as far as i can tell they talk about the people disappearing and certainly that is what's happening and everyone's turning into this I don't know, angelic, divine looking. That's at least for me what I imagine heaven. If, if I, imagine, I sort of think about it in that manner, that sort of divine light. Right. I think that's Will's point. Yeah. They so, don't say it by name, but it's like, yeah. Is I, this what our society considers a rapture? In a very real sense, yeah. Everyone just disappears into light. Yeah. I think it's just most interesting is to look about how people would react in the circumstances when you don't know how something occurred and when we're watching this or kind of walking through everyone has gone to the rapture and you're seeing how people are handling or trying to explain away why someone just went missing when they went for a walk and didn't come back or something like right. that kind of creating their own stories around why they didn't show back up. I kind of wanted to talk briefly about the Chinese Room's game development history because I think it kind of plays a lot into what I might have really appreciated about this game the Chinese Room, obviously, kind of their first games released was a game called Dear Esther, which was kind of one of the first so-called walking simulators. It was a very early example of this idea of really pushing the narrative front of games and kind of a lot of people said leaving behind the gameplay aspects. They also did the second Amnesia game, Amnesia, a machine for pigs. Yes, that is it. From what I experienced of you playing it, I kind of like the original Amnesia like more. That one. Yeah, got very good reviews. So they kind of come into this game with that sort of backlog of experience. I think they are, in my opinion, masters of mood. From what I saw of A Machine for Pigs, they really set up that Victorian era. Everything you imagine to be terrifying about the Victorian era is perfectly rendered in A Machine for Pigs. Like It's, yes. all, it's all there. <laughs> Everything you've ever yeah. feared about that era is just utterly terrifying in it. <laughs> 
in Dear Esther, the music is very beautiful. It's very haunting in places. Kind of tying into everybody's gone to the rapture, there's a cave you wander through, which is like the walls are covered with equations, which definitely reminded me of some of the parts of everybody's gone to the rapture. And I think in everybody's gone to the rapture, they really take a lot of these ideas to their kind of their logical next level. They're really pushing a lot of these things. I think one of the clearest ways to demonstrate that is kind of the soundtrack. The soundtrack in Machine for Pigs is very creepy and dark. The soundtrack in Dear Esther was very simple, but very beautiful and moving. In this game, the soundtrack is Jessica Curry, who's the, the musician. In this one, it's like so good. There is a wide variety of the moods represented in the game, I think are really well captured by the soundtrack. There's some beautiful choral pieces. There's some other melancholic. There's a lot of clarinet that kind of sets sort of the kind of the default mood I in the game. I really loved the choir, the choral pieces. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's really good. I don't, I'm really kind of struggling to describe it, but it's very, yeah. it's, it's very kind of powerful. I, yeah. because I wa- I'm with you, though. Because I wandered around so much, there was a lot of dead space for me. Yeah. It was funny because I would go, I'd be wandering, 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 and finally find a memory, and then there would be like the big music. The surge. And then I'm like, hell yeah. It, but, it, but it was really contrasted because it would fade to silence. I know what you mean, actually. But those, those moments are memorable, and they were very powerful. Church one, then Frank on the hill watching the nerve gas come in. Very, very powerful moments. Especially as you're approaching that hill and you hear the air siren, too. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 You're so, approaching the hill, you hear the air siren, then you hear the swell of the music ramping up behind it. And then, to me, the music helped to take you a part of the journey where it would kind of help you go through peaks and valleys right. instead of it always being just up there. When it started to kind of come up, you're like, something's about to happen, and it helped kind of prepare you for a moment that was to come. It helped foreshadow that something was about to be told or something was about to happen. And then when it kind of started to die down away, you're like, all right, I'm going to go back to try and explore and learn about that. But it was a very much something where they, they tied together so well that I thought consciously throughout the game that if the music wasn't there, right. then my experience would have been dramatically altered and honestly probably lessened right. significantly. significantly the, yes. the music in this game is kind of the antithesis of the Jason Graves working with EA Redwood Shores at the time on the original Dead Space. He kind of, like, in making that game, they put a lot of work into making sure the music didn't directly parallel the events of the games because they wanted you to be freaked out. So if you notice, if you play especially the original Dead Space, the music will swell when there's not necessarily things around. The music isn't always a clue of... The music's more reactionary to what's happening as opposed to foreboding. So like a lot of times you'll get attacked and the music will swell up a few seconds behind you. Almost like it's reacting to how you're playing. In this game, it's much more of a, like a curated experience where the music kind of prepares you for what's going on, exactly like Craig said, which I think is really interesting and I think it works really well here. I think that's one of the coolest things that, that the Chinese Room does with this game is they really they really use the soundtrack and and, to be honest, the audio design in general to really make a compelling world in a way that I don't think Ethan Carter, not to well, I can't, like, remember anything from the music from Ethan Carter. I think you guys were far more positive on that one than I was. I liked it what a did lot, you... and some of the themes were really cool, but it didn't have the same joy of implementation that the I felt. Ravitas. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's gone to the rapture. And I think, to me, that's symbolic of the Chinese room in general. I think with this game, they're getting much closer to finding their groove. This It really seems they're getting a better balance of what emergent storytelling is kind of like in a world like this. To me, like down to the tilting the controller, there was nothing like that in Dear Esther. I kind of like that, for me personally. There was 
the fact that you're collecting these story fragments and they build towards an ending of the story, there wasn't really that in Dear Esther, which was really just more of a walking down a path. It's, it's interesting to me because this game represented a lot of the things that I've seen and loved in their previous games, but just more fleshed out, I felt. Two quick points on the music. Yeah. First one being, in the Vanishing Vethan Carter, the music fits more into the background as a complement to everything else. Not yeah. so much the overarching thing. In the... Wait, can, can you give an example, or can you, like... I really can't. I like the soundtrack. I've listened to it before, but it's, it's a background... I almost couldn't even tell you there was background music in this game. It, I, think it, I, think it, I think it fits really nice. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't distract from people. anything. Yeah. It's there. It's subtle. I think it does its job really nicely. I can also tell you, I, I listen to it at work while I'm doing stuff. It's really nice. I did, enjoy it. Did but. You, you listen to it before you play the game? Uh, no. Part of the, the choral pieces in... This game yes. that really bothered me, it was their oh. complete lack of enunciation. <laughs> like, I know they were singing words in English, and I could kind of get a general gist of what they were talking about, but there's no way in hell. I mean, did, I don't think anybody else knew what the words to those songs were, right? In Rapture, no, I, I during even, those. I didn't even look for them. During the memory moments. Like the uh, choral singing. The, the no, yeah. 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 During yeah. the powerful memories that like have the choir. Stuff no, I didn't like, know they were saying anything. And then he walked and disappeared into the thing. And you're like, well, holy shit, this is exactly what is going on in this game. Wait, like, really? Yeah. The, Whoa, I didn't pick up on that at all. The, huh. the choral pieces are like talking about exactly what is happening in the game. Well, I'm sure that they wanted it like not clear so that it wasn't just like someone dramatically narrating. But that's interesting that that is there somewhere. They want to make the sound Latin, make it sound yeah. more traditionally Christian, because those yeah, those sorts of that style's obviously bigger very, vowels, yeah, right. Obviously, that style's very powerful for that reasons why it was adopted by Christianity in the first place. Which is that style was so impressive for us, and it oh. is. It's really effective for that reason. When you describe that, it sounds like the perfect level of detail to be in the song. You don't want it to be a full-on description. You kind of want it to be like a mood piece. That's really interesting, though. Now I'm like really curious to go back and look up the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. amazing. I thought the voice acting was very good in both. Really good. Yeah, I thought it was we, too. Uh, it's my understanding that there was a fair amount of talent on display in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture's voice acting crew. Is that correct? I believe it. It was pretty good. I thought that it seemed it, it was it felt like a high budget game. Th these felt like real people. Like listening to them talk was like, oh yeah, that's a old crotchety British lady in a small British town? Yes, absolutely. I'm on board with this. Oh, yes, that is definitely an aggressive American scientist woman. Good for her. Yes, that, I, I was totally on board with all these things when I heard them. Matt's patriotism was coming out a little bit with Kate. <laughs> and the I, science. I'm wondering what the hell I did wrong in that I didn't... It, it didn't occur to me that everybody was British until... <laughs> I like got a bunch of context clues and I was like, oh, wait, what? And then, uh, oh, I guess, but yeah, like, I guess he does kind of sound British. Like by voice or wow. by setting? Did it not the, the arriving on the train thing was, and then they were like, what about talking the about his outer let? towns and the. The house that was for sale that said for let or maybe for rent. I feel like that's the most, when I was in Ireland, I was like, I don't know what that means. And then I was like, oh, subletting, but we just don't say for let. I, I don't know. I felt like it was a heavy rain thing where all these people are saying weird French Canadian words and I don't mm -hmm. know what the fuck they're talking about. And I just assumed that they didn't realize they needed to localize this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. So, but the setting seemed British, right? Yes. And again, until I like started thinking about it in context of like them showing up on the train and people realizing that she's from out of town or she's not like the locals. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? 
does that mean she's black? That was the first thing I went to. Oh, that's like, okay. I, I see was where like, we're going. And it, it wasn't until like seven context clues in that I was like, oh, oh, she's a yank. <laughs> that is they, so weird. They call her a yank, and I'm like, a, what? The first time I heard her voice, I was like, oh, we've got an American. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you're again. So your brain wasn't even looking for that because you assumed they weren't paying enough attention to actually use a proper accents. Uh, basically, mm, I, uh, I immediately got big city versus small town people. That was the distinction I made first before anything else. So interesting. These different honest things to, we picked up. Honest on. to God, yank was the thing that made me think. Oh. Oh wait, these are. This must be some other country, and then she like that's backwards. Figured everything out. <laughs> well, like I said, not being able to see people really fucked me up. Oh yeah, because British people look so different. It's the teeth. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say the teeth. I was gonna say There's, it's all the Union Jack wear everywhere. There's so much kinesthesiology. Yeah. So much movement that makes up how we understand people that I was just completely lost. That's interesting. But, well, I can't help but feel like if I called you from a phone, you didn't have the number stored in your phone, you'd have no idea who I was for the first two minutes of the conversation. <laughs> no matter what we talked about, be like, who the hell is this person? How does he know so much about do, this podcast that we you? just recorded? <laughs> who is he? <laughs> Remember back when we used to have house phones? you like somebody would call yes. you up and they'd be like hey how's it going and you're like good, good how are you doing how's Yo, it, what are you i know what you're talking about <laughs> and you're like spend four minutes on the phone before you figure out who the fuck you're talking to i know what you, well normally i just ask <laughs> i think but i think there was also a thing you're like hey this is so and so before caller id i, I know what you're talking Bob. about though i have a really difficult time i don't know how i recognize people but the answer is not very well so i have all sorts of hang-ups <laughs> with that kind of stuff too and i'm kind of bad at that so i definitely understand where you're coming from yeah nate what color is my hair dark okay it's not yeah. blonde yep okay got that wrong for years yes indeed <laughs> D- the way that i categorize index recognize and store people is, is all fucked up <laughs> as, far, as far as i can tell it's a lot about how they talk like the motions they make when they talk is very key to me recognizing people so if someone's not talking i'm like is that Alberto? There's a, <laughs> is that Will? Wow. I mean, not like really, I said, there's, but yeah, there's, there's a lot we recognize the, people different ways. Right? Yeah. Like one of the things that surprised the hell out of me, I remember walking in the dark in the army one day and I saw another person wearing an army uniform look like every other, like yeah, all I saw was really the silhouette of this person wearing an army uniform and I could tell by the way they were walking who it was. Mm-hmm. How could I have recognized? I mean, that that blew my mind. That that was enough that I could recognize. Do you who that think that was. skill developed out of you right. being in the army, where literally everyone is dressed identically? There's a lot of pieces of it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's actually been studies done to show that people have unique gates to their step yeah, that are that's, identifiable. That's definitely, true. I think they did it while trying to determine different ways of surveillance actually let's talk about the trophies and everybody's gone to the rapture because what the fuck are they <laughs> i don't know i didn't one pay of them is any a completionist which yeah. is like you turn on get all the radios the turn all the cell phones the, find all the spirits <laughs> wandering around Wait for a all pint. fucking night the first trophy oh. i got in this game was the backtracker trophy the backtracker trophy is use the hidden pass to visit every area in the game twice i'm like what the fuck <laughs> oh my god amazing that is the first trophy i got that is the most fucking that's first trophy i've ever heard the second yeah that's incredible the second trophy i got so apparently there's a bug in the end of the game where you get to yeah. the very end of the game and it'll just fade to black and that's it that happened to alberto's and i i got to that point i was like 
is this game over? I don't know. I put the controller down. I went to like start Googling stuff. And then I got my second trophy, which is sit and do nothing for 20 minutes. So did I get like, that one? What yeah, the nice. fuck? <laughs> so goofy. What is the fade? The only one when that- did it fade to black? When did it glitch out for you? Because I didn't encounter that. So I'm curious. What there was point. no the credits. The credits are in black. So they would start rolling over that black. Only they just didn't start rolling. Oh, okay. So... Yeah. You saw pretty much the end of the game. Yeah, I think so. I had this, it was a little disorienting. I had to like stop the game, reboot it, and then do the exact, basically walk up to the sixth tower again, and oh, then yeah, it just okay. worked the second time. One of the the only trophy that I so, so at that sniper. point I was like, what are these trophies? Walk backward for a minute. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was the only one I was like, okay, I guess I get this is easy silver That's trophy. Weird. <laughs> wow, silver, silver for walking like, I think backward the- for a minute. Where the f- where the heck could you walk backwards for a whole minute? It didn't even matter. He just Doesn't found a path matter. and walked backwards. Just keep going back. Okay. You would get like 10 feet in that minute. I got was for waiting for a pint at both the bars for a minute. If you just what? hang what out, Craig? wait for a what pint a, that never comes, what a, just stand inside the bar. What a Denver for like trophy to get. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a bar, so of course I waited for a minute. There's a lot of people in a bar normally. <laughs> looking for That's a amazing. Pint. Did you know about that trophy, or did you just decide to wait at the bar for a minute in a town where everyone had died? Um, so I waited at the first one, and I was like, I wonder if there's something I can do. And then I went to the second one, and then at that point, I had seen the trophy oh. list. I had seen that it said, like, you have to be there, and I was like, that's weird. So then I waited another one, and then I just kind of hung out for a minute, and then it popped up. And I was like, okay, I guess you just have to wait here for some indeterminate amount kind of time. Kind of my trophy, me- trophy hunting methodology in general, especially recently, is that... I won't look at the trophy list until I've got a, either a pretty good way through the game or I've finished it once or something like that. Particularly because they're really spoiler heavy. They yeah. can lead mm-hmm. you it into trying be. to yeah. behave in ways in the game that you wouldn't know about. And particular and in Rapture, if I would have looked at any of those trophies, I would have been like, "Oh, I'm looking for a bunker. Where's the fucking bunker in right. this game?" Right. Yeah. Right. I'm happy I didn't look uh, at the trophy yeah. list at all. Um, I'm surprised the trophy list wasn't full of just hidden trophies yeah, across actually, most of it. That actually probably nice. I didn't. I do the same thing as you will, though. I don't usually look at trophy list until after I finish the game, especially if it's a narrative-driven experience. Talk about that uh, sniper rifle. Sniper rifle. That one. I'm so what mad that I didn't fuck? get it at first because, like, like I remember when you started doing it. How could you I, possibly get well, that? No, well, this is the thing. This is the thing. Where he got the grenade, I was oh, yeah. I w- actually wandered over he there. The game, he solved the trap puzzle. He walked up to that cliff ledge. Yeah, like I and literally I like, could I have actually him? gotten it if I had just I looked down. Him. But I was so mesmerized by the sunset. I was just like, oh my god, this is so pretty. I started taking pictures. I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. I was standing right where that grenade was. It was pretty funny. And to clarify, we switched over to Vanishing if you think yes. harder for this one. Yes. We did. There's no sniper rifle and <laughs> I, I was confused for Rapture. a second. I did find those weird. two. Well, there was, apparently there was one gun in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. The farmer had a shotgun. Yes, uh, the double-barreled. Oh, yeah. uh, it had to be more. Yep, leaning up against. Yeah, because uh, the one guy killed the other guy. No, he killed him with an axe. Yeah, or it something. definitely killed him with it. Yeah, he yeah. I thought he was gonna shoot himself in the head like. That oh, anyway. let's like fully the, go th- over that trophy. You so, pick up a pine cone. Yeah, it becomes, becomes a, a grenade. grenade. You, you find a random ass spark on, on a dam. You throw it into the water. It explodes in the water. You walk all the way down to the other side of the dam because apparently people go through dams without getting chewed alive. 
You walk down to the shore. There is a diver washed up on the shore with a sniper rifle in his hands. But that's not until way later in the game. If you were to do it normally? Right. Like, if you are to okay, do it normally... Yes, that's true. Then yeah. you have to wait till basically you're almost at the end of the game. And then, yeah, after you solve the, that next puzzle, or that next murder, you walk through and you say, yeah, you apparently killed... Yeah, and when you pick up a sniper rifle, I saw the walkthrough. I knew where to go to throw the pine cone mm-hmm. and had to like mash on it and stand in a specific spot yeah. before the prompt came up. I cannot believe anybody actually found that thing. I agree. That it seems that outlandish. Like, that's like you randomly guessing the password. Like, what the fuck? I, <laughs> I, I fully acknowledge I, that what I've said does not make any fucking sense. I, I am aware of that. I it was is weird. Cornholio. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got in. Like, what the fuck? Corn, I mean, yeah, yeah, Corvina's clan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Awesome. Awesome. I'd say my guess is slightly less random, but only like just so. Really want to watch that movie now. (laughs) Beavis and Butthead do America? No. The rest of the trophies in Vanishing Beavis and Carter are really straightforward. Solve all the puzzles, solve all the mysteries. You get all the trophies. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a platinum in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. So, yeah, that's a thing. Final thoughts? Yes. Yeah. Let's, Let's conclude. Matt, what did you think? Uh, 10 out of 10 for both. I thought they were both fantastic. Will, you are welcome. I, Will is Whoa. just beaming a big smile at me right here oh, right yeah. now. And uh, no, it's not I'm true. I'm actually kind of surprised about that. No, I, okay. thought, I thought they were both fantastic. I really enjoyed them. I feel good after having played them. That's really, yeah. Uh, so that, I'm we're going it. to Alberto next. He what, looks like what? he has some thoughts. Oh. Alberto gives them both 11 out of 10. <laughs> solely in order to one, one up, up Matt. <laughs> Uh, no, I would give uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter a 9 out of 10, um, and Rapture, or everyone's gone to the Rapture, uh, I've been, a, I want to give it an 8, but I can't. I'm going to give it a 7.5. You're a bad person. <laughs> Craig, how about you? Um... I enjoyed both of them, obviously, uh, but I would give a higher recommendation to everybody who's gone to the Rapture. Uh, this story is just more encapsulating to, to what I was interested in. Um, hmm. Something quite beautiful about the world when no one is around. Okay. Will? Let me start with Ethan Carter, because that one I'm a little more level-headed about. Um, <laughs> I, I, a lot of... It, me being able to accept Ethan Carter was that line in the beginning where it's like, this game is going to be a little obtuse. We're not going to hold your hands. You, you know what you're getting into if you're going to start this thing. And even though I was, that's what I was expecting into both games, it felt a little more fair. It felt like we were playing on the same terms. Both that the size of Ethan Carter's world was quite a bit smaller than Rapture, um, and my ability to actually navigate the world, and I felt like I was able to fully explore that world, it felt like them giving me a space to explore was much better realized in in Ethan Carter. I thought it was interesting in that I didn't figure out how to solve the mysteries until later in the game and ended up coming back. And once I got it and was like, oh, now I understand. You're not holding my hand, but at least you are internally consistent and there is a way and there is a path to get to the end of this. I 
thought that the story was kind of cute. It was intentionally kind of childish. Some people say that the this idea that go through the story and then, oh, it was just a dream or something is kind of a cliche ending. But, I, you know, I, I kind of like that. I, I can buy into that story that, you know, all this stuff that you thought we were doing, the twist is that this was all just... So, so in general, and the more I'm talking about it, I'm pretty favorable, Ethan Carter. There was a lot of the stuff around how the train tracks were and just environmental design that made it so that y- you knew where you were going and you, you couldn't really just yeah. completely go off into the, to the weeds. So in general, I think that Ethan Carter fills, I'm kind of hovering 8.59, but I think pretty solid 9. I think... Yeah. Surprisingly, Ethan Carter ended up being... I did not think this when Nate told me I should go play this game, but coming into it, it ended up being a very, very good game. On the other hand... (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, for anyone who's not a gamer, I would definitely recommend... I would suspect at least a 9.5 coming. I think. (laughs) At least, at least. I mean... It about a dozen. <laughs> an even dozen score. Yeah. Okay. This game felt to me like an attempt at a story without any game design. We'll let the player wander around and find the story for us. Figure it We're out. not going to guide like, them. I could like see the kind of me- mechanics where if I had gone at this game a completely different way or if, if I were somebody completely different, I had a completely different understanding I could eventually see how maybe I would have fallen into these things. My ability to completely just miss the ending and then try and read all kind of meaning into everything else in the world it just, it, none of it connected for me and I've it, it's funny because the the further and further I'm getting away from actually playing the game and having the direct memory of what that experience is, the further and further away I'm getting, I'm liking it, the game more and more. I just hated actually playing the game. It's funny, I was thinking about this. It's like the Lightning Dancer achievement in Final oh Fantasy. Oh my god. I spent seven hours trying to get that Lightning Dancer achievement. And at that time, I would have told you that that was the worst fucking achievement in the entire of history. And now, several months later, I'm like, ah, you know, it was just a couple I hours I spent on it. It's no big deal. Completely <laughs> <Right>? understand that. <laughs> oh my god. There was just something about the actual doing it for this game, which was so incredibly painful to me. And then the counter design of not having people, the counter design of not letting me move around a game that I was supposed to be exploring in just it felt like they were another example of so I like to think about it and compare it to the company that did Shadow of the Colossus and Team uh, Eco yeah Eco those games they talk about it they're like oh we're a bunch of people we don't know how to develop video games so we're just gonna try something and make it happen and in Eco it ended up being where they're like oh we had this great idea but you ended up dragging these people around and it was really annoying all the time right yeah for Shadow of the Colossus is, it was oh we started with the bosses her. We had a bunch of encounters planned for the, the world, but we lost we all the budget, it. and so we didn't have that, and so it made the world feel like really desolate. And so it's like this company that was like not into the, the normal flow of game design were able to stumble upon really interesting things. And it felt like Chinese Room was kind of coming at this with the same mentality, only they missed the mark for me. When I played this that night, I would have said this game was a 2 because the sound was cool and there were some pretty pictures around where the fireflies 
I've probably come up to three or four at this point. There's a lot more. Some of the ideas behind the things that were going on in the game and being able to talk to you guys have talked me up a little bit, but I really didn't enjoy my time with that game. One more thing, since we didn't really talk about it specifically, I keep wanting to compare my time with both of these games against my time with Gone Home. I think we all played Gone Home, right? Yep. Yeah. I try and f- I, d- I don't understand what it is, why that game so completely resonated with me. It was that I was able, that there were like specific people and a specific situation that I was like completely tied to. And then I just did not feel any of that connection. I think I'll I'll kind of talk about that and what I'm going to say about that game. I have some thoughts on that, actually. I think that for me, it's, I, for me, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter was the first game I played. And I'm very glad I played that game the first to me, Ethan Carter is a solid nine. I went into it not knowing that much about it, but knowing that it was a very good experience. I was very impressed by the design of the game, the graphics, the sound, the story and the gameplay were all very interesting. I think they did a good job creating a very tightly designed experience that really worked really well. I mean, obviously it didn't work that well for me, but at the end I did figure it out without having to go to a lot of external resources. The game design was very, the tutorial was very minimal. You're right, it did start by telling you it's abstract, but the way the world was just designed, built, the way the puzzles were set up, it was all exceptionally good game design. It all guided you right into solving them. You could wander around freely, but there was still, there was something in every area. Everything about the game design of that was incredible. And, and world design, sorry. Yeah, the, the world design played right into the game design. Everything, it was like this beautiful synthesis of all the parts of a game. I think it's a really exceptional model of what game development could be. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is not that. And there is a lot of it that I definitely see the validity in your criticisms of. There's some pretty significant problems in the moment-to-moment gameplay. That being said, I enjoyed my time with Everybody's Gone to the Rapture a lot more. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you and I will look for something very different out of games. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture made me feel a lot more things. It made me feel in the moment, the way the sound was designed, the way that everything worked together. When that game was happening, it was happening to me in a way that not even Ethan Carter could quite get to. The moments under the sky, the candlelit pathways. And I, th- and I really do think a lot of this comes down to the more shallow aspects of gaming, the, the sound and the visuals. There's just, it almost felt like there was more art in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. And it, I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of more of an artsy fartsy high art game. I don't think it was as much of that as I expected, kind of with, the, the, with how I assumed the Chinese room was going to go. And I think that's a large part of why I keep coming back to the fact that I'm surprised they even tried to put science into it. Because Dear Esther was such an abstract game that there was a pretty concrete plot here. There was a moral, there was a takeaway. In a lot of ways, it's really different than Dear Esther. There's something, there's something very special about the time I spent with it, and it gave me a lot of... I really like the, the human touches of being able to see inside these people's lives. And in that, that's almost a sacrifice to a lot of people, I think, because it's not really focusing on telling a story. I think we look to media for an express route to telling us a direct story with a beginning, a rising action, and a conclusion. When you tell stories in this way through the kind of experiences you have just in the world listening to people, what you end up with is a story that gives me more complete understanding of the human moments that make it up. But I think it kind of directly involves a sacrifice of the clarity of this. Yes, but you could look at Gone Home as a good counterexample of how you could do have, have it all. You have these completely disparate story bits but because there is some mechanics into the way that you have to go and experience the story in a fairly general order it brought it all together and i like kind of gave you both you're right gone home does have a lot of both i liked gone home because it was such a good telling of those human moments in such a human narrative but i think 
when it comes to my personality and what I like hearing in stories, what I like experiencing, I do like the more abstract, the more big picture. As a personality type, I tend to gravitate more towards big picture ideas than I do to individual moments. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture gave me a story about the big picture told through little people's little moments, which is a really strange balance to ride. It was kind of the experience of wandering through this big picture event, hearing it in the minutia of like the human experience. To me, it just seems like a very, it specifically struck my exact preferred balance between the amount of humanness I want in a story. But you're right, Gone Home does blend both of these things very well together. And I think part of what Gone Home does is that it has more interactivity. You can pick up books, you can flip through them, you can sort of pull out some context from those moments. There's a little more interactivity going on in what you're actually doing in the game. In this game, you're really just wandering through and poking something until it tells you parts of the story. And I think that that, in many ways, makes for objectively, quote-unquote, worse game design. But I think it leads to a I think it's a different type of game. I think it's more of a narrative focus. I think this is the state of narrative gaming in 2015. Whereas Vanishing of Ethan Carter is the state of narrative-focused game in 2014. I would agree with that. My whole crux was saying these are different games from like a Call of Duty or real-time strategy or what have you. So I view them differently. For what they were trying to do, I think they did them basically perfectly. Hence the 10 out of 10 scores for each one. Yeah, that makes Well, I sense. think when we look at something like Gone Home too, and try and start comparing it to this gone home was a much more focused story in my mind and one that was about a smaller topic than the rapture right with a much smaller yeah. cast of who it's being focused on as opposed to an entire village of I people think all three of these games had about six people well, that's well, true, but this was six people as a metaphor for entire civilization. Gone Home was also in a much, much smaller setting. That is also true. Yeah. And it was a very relatable that, So setting. that's what I was yeah. trying to get to. It's much more condensed yeah. and compact in how it's being and presented. And you had a very direct way of me- like monitoring your progress through the environment with yes. the turning on and off of lights. Mm-hmm. You had a way to track that. Where in this and game, you're kind of... Yeah. yeah, in this game, it's much more like, well... Well, let's be real. In Gone Home, you're in a house. We all grew right. up in a house. We know... We understand houses. The one big picture emotion from Ethan Carter that I didn't hear you mention that I tend to give a little more credence to, I wonder what you think, of, if you th- thought about it, is Ethan Carter had more wonder yes. than I think that... The than the Rapture, yeah. Game. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rapture. Rapture. Fucking, fucking names, man. Um, <laughs> right. Amazing. I, I think that played a lot of the paranormal aspect of it. I don't know about that, actually. In The Vanishing of Ethan Carter... There are puzzles to solve. And to me, wonder is kind of diminished when you're solving puzzles and figuring out answers and checking boxes of what happened. Unless you're... At the, try, well, even the, at the crazy events, you're like, oh, it was a child story. I, would, I mean, really. I would say that the, the wonder with it... And all, I mean, like, I, I remember... I forget who was saying, saw the clues and were like, okay, well, this probably happened, and then this and this, go. I actually really liked the fact that you had to try to visualize what part happened at what time and try to figure that out to solve that i think that's where the wonder comes in where it's like okay how would i how would i assume that this crime happened what would happen first what would happen next and then bam so so for me the wonder wasn't as much about problem solving as it was i got to a spot and i was like Holy shit, there's a fucking Stargate here. What, what what's on the other side of that fucking Stargate? <laughs> That's fair. Right? You know, uh, like, there it's a, a fucking sea monster. What the fuck? There's a sea monster in the <laughs> that, Stargate? Okay, that is You're and right. It's like, I'm in space. How the fuck are they going to write me out of this, this, this situation? Like, ha- <laughs> how long did it take you to find the, uh, the, the, the note behind you? 
It took me a while. I was like, I was looking around. I was like, I, I don't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, it took me a little while. <laughs> There's stuff like the Hall of Mirrors, whatever you call that, the the Portal House. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Side note: Do not play that wall high. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Anyway, it just seemed like how is this? I, I felt more wonderment than that game. I agree that there are other big emotions coming from. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. That that is true. But that one in particular. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Would it have been Seven better as a racing 10. game? No, just kidding. Oh. Ten. Out of 10. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ten out of ten. This brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, www.emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep Keep on playing. playing!